Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Here's a way to learn. Talk Recorded live. Yeah, but you got to learn it somehow. Learning it on the fly is okay. I, mean, how I many don't do recommend that? it. It's, it seems like the only way to learn it, though, or helping somebody. But uh, there's more well, pressure if it's you doing it yourself. Yeah, you certainly learn fast when you've got no choice.
nothing in you except the will which says to hold uh, which says to them hold on if you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue or talk with kings nor lose the common touch if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you if all men count with if all men count with you but none too much if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that is in it. And which is more, you'll be a happy man, my son. The source is uh, A-C-H-O-I, which is a choix, which in French means a choice. And the poem is called If by Rudyard Kipling. It says, uh, under, under Rudyard Kipling, it says, Brothers Square Toes, Rewards and Fairies. So, yeah, I heard, I heard that a long, long time ago. Hey, I'm going to pull a sweatshirt off. I just came in the house and it's hot here. Hold on. So yeah, it's a it's a good poem. It's a it's really cool. There's a lot of good stuff like that. So uh, I was talking to Mo today about the cause of action. We were we were chatting about uh, we're, we're going to have to do another talk to you soon, or, or maybe just discuss this privately. But there's some stuff uh, that uh, he calls cause of action, and when I look at it, I would call it something else, and. Uh, I'm not sure how he's using it and how I would use it. As, as, um, yeah, I would use it as an exhibit. I don't know if that's what he's doing or if it's part of his claim. I haven't really had a chance to look at his his paperwork lately, and uh, so I want to talk about that sometime. Actually, you know what? Let me just pull this up. Just uh, for, the, for those of you that are fairly new, uh, or haven't heard this, whatever. Uh, the, the basic claim form that is is in three parts. There's the uh, the introduction to the parties, who everybody is. The second part is what I call the cause of action. Uh, I believe that's the proper name for it. I might be wrong. Uh, and then the third part is the remedy. And when I was doing the uh, the redress stuff, uh, according to the uh, legislature in, in New Hampshire, they wanted you to do a petition uh, which was laid out the same way. Who the parties were, uh, the, you know, what is it that happened, and thirdly, the uh, the remedy, what, you know, what do you seek? And so, uh, under the first part, the introduction, what's the name of your court? Uh, is it, you know, the, the Smith Court at the Chenango County Superior Court, Supreme Court? Uh, uh, Chenango counties in New York. They have a their county court is actually called the Supreme Court. Uh, but you know, is it the Smith Court at, or are you going in to uh, somebody else's court and and you know being in their court? So you're either at their court uh, because you're in yours, or you're in somebody else's court. So you got to label that. Uh, you got to be very, very careful with the labels and how you you move forward. And just because 
the uh, prosecutor of a case is prosecuting with a particular style, that doesn't mean that's the name of the, the courthouse. For instance, if you look at a federal case, you'll see the uh, clerk's docket sheet, the, the I think that's what it's called, the docket sheet, and that's created by the clerk, and it's got the, the proper upper and lowercase name of the courthouse, the building, the address, all that stuff, and then when you see the prosecutor use the same thing, he restyles that whole thing to put you in that court because the, the, the clerk doesn't put you in the court. You're just there. You're just, you know, uh, you've gotten the attention of the court, but you're not in the court. And the prosecutor wants you to be in the court. So if you start using his label, which says in the district, you know, uh, in the district of New Hampshire federal district court, whatever the label is, you're, you're if you're using in that court, then you've just given up jurisdiction. So there's things like that you got to be real careful of. So you got to if you're moving your own claim, you got to make sure your labels are correct. The, the name of your court, the location of the courthouse, because you're at the courthouse. Uh, for instance, my court would be the Breton Court at the, the Big Oak Tree. You know that 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 would be my courthouse. We'll just do it right there at the Big Oak Tree. There's picnic tables. We all hang out. We'll talk about it. We'll make a decision. And then uh, the the nature and character of the parties. So there's the 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 nature of party the the claimant or the man moving the claim is the man aggrieved or the woman aggrieved. That's the nature and character of the party. And the wrongdoer, let's say Bob. So the nature is uh, the nature is that of a wrongdoer, which is a man who does wrong, and his part of his character is his name, which is Bob. So you know things like that are what would be in the first part. The second part is the cause of action. Uh, I man declare, and A B C D. You go through the list, but in that first part, somewhere's in there. You, you know you have to. Well, you don't have to, but you can. Uh, which is my preference, to put an Exhibit A in there. I, man, see Exhibit A, uh, declare. And that Exhibit A is jurisdiction, which is, uh, you know, I, man, appear, or actually Jules had a real good way of putting it. Uh, I forget what he said. I've been saying appear, but he says, uh, you know, the, the presence of, of, of the man before this court is only for this purpose. So he's got a different language to it, which I really like, and I'm going to be converting over. Uh, but I, man, appear uh, solely as man, without title, without representation, to let the court know that I don't understand uh, legalese or the customs of the legal society. And then, uh, then you give the definitions of you know idiot and legalese and what the legal society is, whatever you want to do. But you do it all in that exhibit A, so that's separated from the claim. And then. Uh, so what do, what does the man declare? I man declare. Well, a uh, is, is the wrongdoer does trespass uh, by way of theft or larceny or whatever it is that they're doing, barratry. So wrongdoer trespass by way of theft. Uh, see exhibit uh, B, which is the property that was stolen. Or if it's barratry, you would you know exhibit B would be the uh, the false claim being moved against you, or the you know, or or a claim with a fictitious plaintiff, or whatever your particular cause of action is, and then uh, said trespass did does and oh, I'm sorry said trespass began 
on March 15, 1877, and continues to this day. So you have to give a date of when the, the trespass began. And then stud trespass did, does, and continues past, present, and future. Okay, did, does, and continues to cause harm, injury, and loss to I. Or it might just be harm. It might just be injury. It might just be loss. So you've got to figure out what you know what the extent of the damage is. And then uh, if you're talking about property, you can add. Not, it's not necessary, but you can say uh, no man or woman lays claim to said property. So, you know, it's my property. Nobody's laying a claim to it. And you can change those up a little bit. I'm still working on this. I just wrote this up this afternoon. Well, actually, in the last half hour. I had written it up a little bit this afternoon, but I cleaned it up tonight. And then uh, third is the remedy. Uh, the remedy is where you require compensation where you require some action uh, to make things better, to make you whole, which is what redress is all about. It's all about becoming whole and being returned back to the original condition you were in before the trespass. So uh, I require compensation of seven cows for initial trespass and 20 chickens per day for continued trespass until wrongdoer does cease and desist. I wish you order and require the immediate restoration of property, whatever that property was. Uh, or, you know, if it's barratry, you just uh, you wish it to cease and, and that it's all over. And, uh, and for, so I, I wish order and require the immediate restoration of property and forthwith payment of compensation. Now, see Exhibit C. Exhibit C would be the order. Uh, you have to have an order that the magistrate or if the uh, if you're going with a trial by jury that uh, so somebody's going to testify that that statement somebody's going to witness that that uh, order is correct that the case is good that the truthfulness of the case is, is uh, the the facts that were presented were truthful I guess they would bear witness to the truthfulness of your claim that's it and then pass it on to the clerk who was also in the room who also bears witness and uh, mostly to the process, and then passes it on to the sheriff for execution. But that's you have to give your order to the court, and and have them witness that your your order, your claim, everything's true, and that it's a it's a proper uh, decision, a proper order for uh, for your claim. So I'm still working on this, but this Thank is, God. Uh, yeah. Should the um, like a forgiveness clause be in that claim? Oh, that's right. You know what? I was just doing this tonight. I was just doing this like a half hour ago. <laughs> I was wrapping it up, and I forgot to add the forgiveness thing. Uh, the, the the forgiveness clause uh, it depends on what you're doing. You know, for instance, if you know if somebody comes and does donuts in your front yard, tears up your front lawn, and uh, you know it was Bobby's kid down the street. And, uh, you know, they, they don't want to, you went and talked to them, you sent them a couple of letters, and you gave them fair warning that you were going to move a claim against them if, you know, if they didn't uh, come and fix it themselves, and they're telling you to go pound sand. So you hire, you know, some landscape company, they do the work, and they charge you 1280 bucks. You're going to put in a claim for $1,280 plus legal, you know, filing fees and uh, whatever other expenses you've got. and you know, the forgiveness 
you know, sorry, but <laughs> the forgiveness was, you know, when, when I told you to come and fix the mess you made when you, you know, came across my lawn, uh, you know, drunk last weekend or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was talking about, you know, um, somebody that if they make theirs go away, I'll make mine go away. You know? and, well, yeah, it, the, I wanted to add it in there, and, and I'm going to actually, I'm going to put it in there so I don't forget before I close this. Uh, I wanted to put it in there, but it's it's definitely, and a lot of this stuff, it depends on, you know, this is the basics of it, but you you got to figure out what you're doing. Talk to other people and get some input. Uh, if somebody took your kids, you know, you, you're putting in a different kind of claim, and it's, you know, it's theft, it's property, you know, you know the basics are the same. And you can put a forgiveness clause in there and say, look, you know, I, I know you didn't realize what was going on. You were just acting on some misinformation, and I'll forgive you. You know, just uh, return the property. You know, so you can definitely do that. So it depends on the trespass. Cool, Gus. I just I didn't know if you were going to go further on that or not. So. Yeah. I'm not, like I said, I, I kind of scratched this out this afternoon, and I just got to it about a half hour ago. I was making some coffee and working on this before the call. And man, when you when all you got left is 20 minutes, the time clicks real, you know, goes real fast. <laughs> it's amazing how long it takes to do stuff. So. Uh, the, the floor is open. I don't have anything I needed to talk about tonight that I was going to put out there. So I don't know if uh, somebody's got questions they want to ask or uh, if you guys got a story to tell or whatever. Yeah, I think that part of the show is golden right there. <laughs> well, it's just the basics. You know, there's um, if, if you want to hear a, a really good letter, like it, when you start doing this kind of stuff, you're going to have a clerk that may or may not go along. Yeah, I I had a clerk in in, in Vermont uh, once that I mean I had my claim filed. It was all common law. It was all handwritten. The claim was in. Had a case number. Everything was done in like four and a half minutes. No headache whatsoever. Copies. You name it. Whatever you want. It was right there. It was beautiful. And then you get someplace else, and they will give you a hard time from beginning to end. You know, I had gone in the week before, and I had asked the clerk. Uh, I'm going to be. You know, I told her I'm going to be making a claim next week, and I want to know what you guys use for a format, and uh, you know, I want to take it with me because I want to kind of create my own, and uh, you know, I want to make sure it's it's real close to what you guys are doing, so that it's easy for everybody to follow along. And she says, Oh no, don't worry about it. Just do your just do your thing. We'll figure it out. <laughs> and so it's really, and that was a, that was a county uh, a county courthouse. So it's really neat that uh, some places are, are so willing and unfortunate that so many are not. They're not willing at all. But uh, if you run across obstacles like that, if you go back to um, the call, I believe it was last Saturday. Um, not last. It was last year. It was a year ago. I think it was on a Saturday. Um, so it was April. Yeah, it was April 5th last year. Oh, that's it. Yeah, Carl was over at uh, Jonathan and Jesse's house. And uh, he did the call from their house and on that Saturday at the very beginning of that April 5th call. He uh, he got into Jesse's, well, Jesse read her letter on the uh, 
on the talk show and talked about uh, it, you can tell by from the letter what kind of things were going on. And she wrote to the man acting as judge uh, or the chief justice or the building manager, I forgot who she wrote to, but she explained some of the difficulties she was having. And it's a really good letter format to use if you've uh, if you've never heard that that talk show. All right. Well, hey, how'd you how'd y'all can make it? <laughs> well, thanks, Gus. It was a great show. It was. I'm glad uh, glad we could all meet here and just spend some time together. Oh wow. What's that? Yeah. Nobody has any questions for you. Uh, so I think some people just you know they. Like I said, you know, the, the time goes by so fast. When you, you look at the clock, you're like, oh, show, show starts in a half hour. I'm going to try to get this done before the before the call. I'll sit here, and, and I'll look at the clock, and it's two minutes before eight. And I'm thinking, what the heck happened in the half hour that I thought I had? <laughs> so people, I'm sure, do the same thing. They, they you know, I'm, I'm going to do the dishes before I get on the call. And, uh, and next thing you know, they, you know, Johnny comes in and wants a little help with some homework, and an hour and a half just went by. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun or you're extremely busy. Yeah, well, you know, I lost 10 years. I had, uh, you know, four daughters. Uh, they were five years apart from the youngest to the oldest. And, you know, between karate, gymnastics, and, you know, uh, violin lessons and karate and Holy cow, there were 17 events during the week, and I took care of 13 of them. And I have no idea uh, how I was even able to keep up. It was amazing. But, uh, yeah, I, I certainly didn't. That's how I learned to stay up all night is, uh, is I'd, get, I'd get done with everybody. Everybody was in bed by 10 o'clock, and that's when I would fix the refrigerator or the dishwasher or you know, add a new heating zone to the house or something. It was just... Uh, it's the only time you can ever get anything done. It's when everybody's sleeping. And that's a man right there. Oh, it's it's something else. It's it's uh, I, I don't know how <laughs> I don't know how yeah I I didn't have the money to hire somebody to do any work on the house. <laughs> I had to learn all that stuff and uh, tell you you know shutting shutting the front. I'm, I'm not a plumber. Uh, I, I mean I've done plumbing, but I remember one night. It, you know, kids are in bed. I, I cranked the heat up around seven o'clock to like ninety degrees in the house, and it was uh, it was winter. And I had decided I needed to get uh, you know the zone put in downstairs. So now the only thing that was left was to tie it into the uh, house, into the furnace. So you know, I just shut the furnace down after it had been running on high for a while. The house was real warm and toasty. I shut the furnace down, and you know, I was determined I was putting that zone in before I went to work in the morning. And uh, other than a couple of leaks, uh, everything went pretty smooth, you know. But those leaks take an hour apiece to, to fix. you got to drain the system and dry the pipes. And, and uh, you know, it's a lot of work. That's <laughs> a lot of work. Man, I don't miss those days.
Yeah, that reminds me too of when I when I go to work and being self-employed, I tend to uh, keep myself busy during the day. And I'd have these uh, these youngsters who would come and uh, and look at their phone or always looking at their watch or or whatever they can do to not work, and they would always complain that the days were long. So I gave them shit to do. All of a sudden, you know, help me with this, and you know, we're going to go and do that. And then they look at their watch, and like, holy cow, six hours just went by. I'm like, I know, right? You complain about your days being so long, says, but if you actually keep yourself busy, uh, it goes by pretty quick. Oh, yeah. It goes by real fast. Yeah, I hung uh, hung drywall piecework. You know, you, you start you start your day at six o'clock. The sun's just coming out, and uh, you know you're eating a sandwich. You know, as you're working around ten, eleven o'clock, you just grab something so you don't pass out. And just keep on going. You know, you, you do ten hours, and you're wondering, you know, where did it all go? <laughs> what you know? I figured I'd be done, you know, by now. And it's you still got two hours left to do, so you just keep going. Next thing you know, it's dark. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah when, when you set goals for things that you want to get done, you 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 never have time. Yeah, I Seems... used to never set my break times for uh, for a time. It was always, all right, I'm gonna finish hanging the board in this room, then I'm gonna go have break. Had many lunches at uh, two thirty, three o'clock in the afternoon. Oh yeah, it doesn't matter. No, no, and and you build up such a tolerance when once you uh, once you're working like that, you can you can just keep on going and going and going. I mean, I I've done tw- the most I've ever done uh, was forty hours. I, I put my tools on and I worked forty hours straight from uh, Saturday morning. It was I think it was six AM to uh Sunday night at midnight. But uh I got it a bathroom, renovated it, sheetrocked it, painted it, did wine scott. Uh, I mean I did the plumbing, the electrical. I, I, I actually had cut the entire floor out of the bathroom and had to put new floor joists in, new plywood, uh new vent pipe 'cause well not a new one. There, there was no vent pipe on the existing toilet. So I, I had redone all the plumbing, all the electrical, the whole thing. It was painted, flipped the switch, it looked great by Sunday at midnight. <laughs> uh, once you know, once you once you set a goal that you're gonna do something, you just keep on going and keep on going and it's it's kinda neat when you look back and see how much you were able to get done in such a short period of time, but it goes by fast. Those hours just tick away. All right. Well, if you got any questions, uh, put uh, put your hand up. Star eight. Uh, there, there shouldn't be anybody muted. If you're muted, uh, just hit star six. And if you're only on your computer, uh, go ahead and just yeah, that's it. Start writing letters. I mean, uh, start writing questions. Put your questions on the board.
Ron, what uh, what's going on with uh, the claim you had uh, worked on last year? Are you still pursuing that? Oh, I'm sorry. That was not Ron. That was Terry. I was. I, you had me awestruck. I was like, uh, "What claim was I working on?" <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I saw your name there. I knew I was talking to Terry, but I saw your name and it just threw me off. <laughs> it seems uh, Alan Jeffries wants to talk about how to learn a sequential step process prior to a trial. Prior to, where do you see that? I had the same thought. Uh, what Alan Jeffrey is talking about. I, I started a little allocution file and then I plugged in like a little timeline what needed to be done before trial and, you know, it's kind of the steps up to uh, kind of help, you know, solidify my understanding of everything. I think I posted that in Skype too, but I mean, it's, you know, rough draft to be added to. All right, I see it. Can we talk about how to learn a sequential step process prior to trial? Uh, are you the man moving the claim, or are you on the other end getting ready to take a beating? From from which uh, from which angle would you like to approach the subject? Second line was regarding establishing the proper paperwork to establish your man identity. Well, that one's easy. It's a notice. That is a means to resolve issues. Well, that's that's your letter writing right there. If someone is claiming that you've done something wrong or wanting compensation, obviously you're going to ask them about it. You're going to make offers to, uh, you know, uh, to to settle the matter or you know to make apologies. It's just the letter writing process itself is, you know, it's it's your entire way to resolve a matter without going to court because that's the whole point. You don't want to go to court. If somebody, um, you know, has been wronged by something I did, obviously I'm going to want to resolve it with them as soon as I can, as soon as it comes to my attention. See, going to court is for controversy, right? If one side says, you know, there's a problem, and I say there is no problem, well, there's a controversy to go to court. can't really move something through court if there isn't a controversy. So if you try to settle things ahead of time, that's that's remaining an honor. You know, it's uh, you know, being a man, acting like a man, uh, you know, taking responsibility for your actions. Yada yada. All right, guest number nine says, uh, uh, "Do you list causes of action, or does that introduce legalese? A, a cause of action is, is simply, you know, why am I moving a claim? That's that's your cause of action. Okay, it's either trespass, trespass on the case, uh, but what kind of trespass? Okay, the, the nature of the of the wrong is a trespass." But what's the character of it? Okay, or, or yeah, as you move on down, I got to figure out the nature, nature cause thing a little bit more. <coughs> Excuse me, but uh, 
you know, trespass is, is a generic term. You have to move on past that and identify it. And so your cause of action is going to be uh, is going to be theft or robbery or larceny or rape or murder or whatever it is. You know, the wrong that was done. So you don't do you don't go after Bob for uh, for theft and for robbery and for let's say uh, he you know he committed theft of a basketball and robbery of the lawnmower. And at this, you know, and meanwhile, he, uh, you know, some other thing. You don't put those all in the same claim. You make one claim about one trespass against one man. That's it per per claim. That that's that's your entire claim is one man, one trespass. That's it. Don't add to it. If you have three different things against Bob. Put three different claims in, three different trespasses, whatever. If you have, you know, 15 different people, and there's multiple uh, trespasses, then you take one at a time. But it's it's one claim. Uh, in one claim, you're going to have only one wrongdoer and only one trespass. Keep it simple. If you get really good at at, at this, uh, let me know because I need help. <laughs> but if you get real good at this, where you can put in multiple claims, God bless you. <laughs> I I have no idea how to do that and keep it all uh keep it all straight. It it's tough enough keeping things uh, straight with one claim. And usually if you pick the number one claim, the easiest one for you to get a grasp of in your own head and you you write letters about the other stuff that that's going on, chances are if you know Bob sees you coming at him with a claim and it's on solid ground and it's well done and you're writing a letter to him about the other stuff that you're willing to forgive him for if he simply just compensates you for the for some kind of a loss or whatever. Uh, he's very likely to to go along with that. You know, it depends on how reasonable you are. So, uh, you know, if you're if you're asking for a million dollars because somebody uh, you know, somebody did donuts on your front lawn, you know, you better have a property that's uh, a piece of land that's got some pretty unique soil or something to, to make that kind of a claim or, uh, or, or nobody's going to listen to you and, and Bob's not going to be willing to settle anything privately, you know, on, on some other issue. But if you keep things at you know, some reasonable level where, you know, you simply want compensation for what it costs you to make things better, to, to fix things, uh, you know, who can fault you for that? If force, if force was used, not if you just want, okay, or extortion, which is always the case. You can't say always. Always is a, an absolute. You can say usually, sometimes. Try to stay away from absolutes. I hope I don't do, I hope I don't do those. When a man acting as prosecutor brings your reputation into public venue without joinder of parties is that trespass well uh that's a great question um, it's a little deep <laughs> prosecutor brings your reputation into public venue without joinder there's this the the question has too many parts Basically, if if uh, 
if a prosecutor moves a claim against you and it's a, it's either a false claim or it's on behalf of a you know, some fictitious plaintiff, then you know they're committing barratry, and uh, you know you're, it's de- there's definitely a, a trespass. But the uh, yeah the nature is uh, is would be barratry, or in in uh, legalese terms vexatious litigation. Uh, you can cf uh, you can cf that. I don't know if uh, if there's a common law vexatious litigation. I know there's a common law barratry. You know, slander. I mean, you uh, you can look up slander and uh, what's the other one? Slanders. Which one's uh, libel? There's libel and slander. I always get them mixed up. I think libel is when it's written, isn't it? I think so. Slander is uh, is spoken. Yeah, something like that. It's one or one or the other, anyway. So. Uh, both of them are injuries to uh, to your reputation, which is your name, your property. Yep. And it could be it could be uh, moving a forged instrument. You know, it, it could be it could be barratry, but it could also be moving a forged instrument. You know, pick pick whichever one has the easiest elements to prove. Because when you bring a, a claim into the court, you have to know what the elements are for theft. Uh, you know, you you have to show that you have property. You know, you you're the man who has a, the right to have that property, and now somebody else has it. You don't know how he got it, and so you have to prove that it you know that it is yours, and that Bob does have it, and uh, the remedy is that you want it restored. So, what are the elements you know, of of larceny or slander? You know, there's. Uh, if you're, for, for instance, in the, on the statutory side, I don't know how it is on the common law side of slander and libel, but if you're a public figure, the elements are are, are different. If, you know, you can't. If you're a public figure, for instance, a congressman or a, uh, a senator or something like that, uh, the, the there's going to be a different threshold uh, for those elements. But I'm pretty sure that does not apply in common law. Yeah, but you'd have to find out. You'd have to do the research and see uh, see what's there. Yeah, okay, it's not just me. Jabberwock says uh, you're, you're not very loud, Terry. Yeah, I've been having that problem. Well, you're soft-spoken anyway. I have to shove the... The microphone right up against my uh, my face. Otherwise, Ed will be sitting over here saying, "I can't hear you." <laughs> yeah, my uh, yeah, the mic is uh, is within an inch from my mouth. But, yeah, uh, that's too far for me. Yeah, I kind of have to purposely speak louder for people to to hear. Has it improved? Oh yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I am soft-spoken by nature. Um, I have to exert myself to speak at this uh, at this level. Mm-hmm. I, I've been having problems with X Lite ever since the, uh, the the new one updated, and uh, all of a sudden it, it, I wouldn't have any volume. I wouldn't have. I could make calls on the X Lite, but I wouldn't be able to hear or speak. 
So I had to download an older version, and uh, it, it really puts the mic down on the older versions. Wow. You know what I don't understand is that Carl and I have the same phone, and when he speaks, his voice comes comes across just like it sounds to me. And you know, when I'm when I'm there in person, when I'm talking to him face to face, and uh, the the volume, the I don't know what you call it, but the 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 tone of the of my voice on the talks sounds pin pinny or it, it does it just doesn't have the same quality. I don't know if his phone's got a bad. I dropped mine. I might have done it. Might have messed up the microphone. But hey, uh, since I've been on the Bluetooth, it, it hasn't seemed to, to have helped at all. So. Maybe that's not it. I don't know, but his sounds much better than mine. He uses Verizon. I use uh, U.S. Cellular. Maybe that's the difference. Could be, yeah. You should trade phones and see if you have the same problem. That would be pretty good. A lot of those things that I want to figure out, but they're never important enough to actually get to figure them out. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you pretty good uh, on my end. I don't know about everybody else, but... Uh... Yeah, I, I listen to the talk shows, and the volume is fine. It's just, uh, it, it doesn't seem to... Uh, his is definitely clearer. But, yeah, the volume's okay. You know, you, I, I know you guys can hear me. Nobody ever complains about it. I just uh, I found the quality of his voice on the talks is much much better than pretty much everybody else's. Maybe it's uh, maybe, does he do his calls on speakerphone? He does, yeah. Yeah, so, so probably using a different mic uh, uh, to capture the sound. So maybe that's the difference right there. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've heard him on um, you know, like he's got earbuds. I gave him. And then he's got uh, some Bluetooth thing that he picked up recently, and his voice always sounds the same. And regardless of what I use, mine always sounds the same. So I, it might be the network. It might be what it is. What is a Warshak test? Ink on paper might be... I've never heard of a Warshak test. Oh, that's like the uh, the ink block test. You ever seen those? No. Give you this card and it's got like smeared ink on it, and they're like, "What do you see?" I see ink on the paper. <laughs> I see a, I see a butterfly. I see a cloud. I see you know you know those kind of tests. That's a Warshak test. Ah, I seen a cartoon once. There was two clouds, one talking to the other, looking down on man, and said, "Hey, look, an idiot." <laughs> that one looks like an idiot. <laughs> Something like that. I seen it in the uh, Skype room. Somebody had posted it in there. I thought it was funny. I don't hear anybody laughing. <laughs> oh, well, I guess you had to see it. Alan's got his hand up. Go ahead, Alan. Are you muted? No, can you hear me? I can hear you great. Go cool. great. Yeah, I was curious about one of the things that seems primary to me, like I've heard many times, that the whole uh, theater or the court uh, is, a, is a show. It's kind of a, uh, an act, you know, where everyone kind of plays a part. Everything's done prior to that in the paperwork. I've heard that a lot. And, um, and so what's happening in the court is maintaining honor and how, how 
subtly or how <laughs> tenacious it is to hold honor, uh, depending on you know the certain kind of rituals and codes and laws of or or um, policies of the court. Now, when you talk about uh, common law, and then you talk about how to behave in your court, uh, and one of the things that you mentioned, Gus, was uh, this trespass thing, or or legalese is not allowed, uh, or that because that's uh, 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 how do you say it? It's uh, contempt of some sort. It, it's uh, warrants contempt or something like that. Yeah, that's. Uh, I haven't. Uh... That's something I was talking about. You, get, you guys got to realize now, okay, you're talking about something I said probably seven months ago, and yeah, I, I might not agree with what I said seven months ago. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, that's, that's beside the point. I, I just, I'm just thinking, how do you maintain honor? And what I'm, my, my ambition right now uh, uh, is to uh, identify through the proper paperwork prior to any kind of, right now I'm in hearings with a certain issue and uh, there hasn't been a trial. And I'm thinking, how do I set the stage so that I it is done via p- paperwork versus showing up, I think it was uh, uh, one of Carl's audio tracks, that you don't think you can just walk in, and I think somebody in chat mentioned this, you just don't walk in after 30 days and think you're going to pull some rabbit out of your hat. You know, you're not going to just, all of a sudden have the magic words, you know, do your, do your paperwork, you know? And, uh, and, and, and like right, somebody said about a traffic issue and how the next day get there and get your paperwork in to clarify, you know, the situation. And so that whole process and letter writing, I think somebody responded to my question in chat regarding that, you know, it's as a newbie, I'm kind of like, well, gosh, yeah. Okay. Well, what does that mean? You know? And so, it's almost like it would be kind of cool to have a mock uh, trial or something where uh, a person kind of goes through the process and gets slapped around by people who maybe understand the common uh, law process a little bit more clearly than the guy trying to get his arms around it. Does that make sense? Yeah, let's do it right now, you and me. <laughs> okay. We could also go Wait, we just got the call. <laughs> Wow, I stuck my foot in that one, didn't I? I have to be honest with you, Gus. I, I feel a little insecure as far as as uh, being a man in that sense. You know, I'm kind of like, okay, I, I really get it. And I, and I get the idea that it takes a lot of personal responsibility. And I guess the only way to do it is just jump in, you know. Don't be dilling around with waiting in the shallows. Just jump in. You, know, you, you think you're... you're you think you're insecure? I'm supposed to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, but see, that, that's the thing I'm thinking about too. You know, I just got turned on to you and and this website, and the, the cool thing about what you're doing here is you are learning it more yourself by providing this talk show uh, and your website and reaching out to people and propagating this understanding. That's really the only way to do it, isn't it? I mean, to really get it under your belt so it, it, you're quick at the draw. You know, you're not sitting there stumbling and stammering when someone throws a curve. You know, that's really it. Well, well, can, I, uh, can I comment? Go ahead, Please Mark. do. You made me think, how does a professor, you know, become a, a – how do you get a master's? You have to uh, teach, right? Yes. So, yeah, yeah it's the same. Yeah. 
I agree. I learned more teaching than I did learning it myself. I agree with that 100%. Yeah, Mark was, and, and, uh, when I when I first started hanging out with Mark, Mark had told me about Trivium, and uh, it's something that he had looked into probably quite a bit more than I had. But you know, it, when I looked into it, uh, that's what it was talking about. You, know, the, you learn by teaching somebody else. When you have a bunch of uh, kids in the uh, same room, hey, I've got a call coming in. Hey, Mark, you want to talk about Trivium for a second? Yeah, I'll touch a little bit where you're going with it. Um, a long time ago, before there was you know the classrooms we have now, there was one big giant schoolhouse, and you had children all ages, all levels, and uh, they would teach by using the method of the Trivium and it was brought over from from the Europe, and um, that's like the older kids would teach the younger kids, and they would in turn be learning it, even it's just solidifying it in their mind, you know, on what two plus two is. You know, if you didn't know what that was, you would definitely know if you taught somebody. Right, exactly, and that's that that, and so I'm sitting here thinking I've. I've looked at some, you know, probably not enough. I think I probably have to quadruple how much I've, I've looked at actual letters or or uh, uh, claims or uh, motions or and all this stuff. But you know, when when you listen to Carl, it's like, hey, you just say this and you're done in two minutes and you're out of there. And then you're talking to the state police in the back seats, you know, saying, look, guys, you know, <laughs> it's like. It's like, I don't know, it just seems like maybe if you get caught up in all that uh, rigmarole, you're kind of playing into the hand of the legalese uh, society. Um, and I, yeah, you're breathing life into them. Yeah, yeah. And so... Acknowledging right, they exist. Yeah, acknowledging they exist. Um, you know, just, you know, it's... If you believe in the tooth fairy and you put a tooth on your pillow and you're acknowledging the tooth fairy exists, you know? Well, yeah. And so, is, so as far as making a claim, or I'm not sure, I see, I, I, I'm, I'm a bit paranoid as far as using any vocabulary because there, everything has a double meaning, you know? But anyway, making a, an assertion to the, the uh, who are you making an assertion to? If I want to talk to the person who, um, who trespassed against me, physically and with re, re, uh, removing personal property. Do I just talk to him or do I go to the district court and I say, look, you know, I have a complaint because so-and-so well, came wait a into my you're, home. You're, you're on the right path in the beginning. Okay, say that you're, I'm sorry, who am you're I on a drive out in, the, out in the woods, you know, and you're, <sighs> somebody steals something from you. I mean, you're not going to have a court to go to, you're going to go to the person you think stole the stuff, you know, and you're right. going to be honorable about it. You're not going to go to, you know, steal from him right away unless you are of nature and you are going to do what nature does, you know, like, <laughs> are you saying an eye for an eye? Is that what that nature thing is all about? Well, yeah, in a way, I mean, okay, the way Carl and I, I I have a hard time explaining exactly the way Carl explained it to me, but I'll give you a little from whatever. Sorry, can I I clarify who I'm talking to? Oh, this is Mark in Atlanta. Oh, hi, Mark. Thanks. Hi. The the old system was eye for an eye, okay? And then, you know, 
let's just paraphrase it. Okay, then in Christianity, Jesus on the cross. And now right. it's forgive. Um, and that's what our judicial system is built on, is the Christian right. Judeo system, yes. Exactly, exactly. Right. Do not, if you want to go back to eye for an eye, you're going to do, you're doing what they do. I mean, they don't, right. they don't give you warning before they give you a speeding ticket. You know, sometimes that guy might, but they, you know, they don't, they like, hey, slow down. There might be a, a sign right there that they think it's a warning for you. You better do this or, you know, so don't do as they do. Show them more honor than they've ever seen, you know. Be- right, yeah. Okay, so uh, I learned that right in the beginning because, you know, Carl was telling me, you know, don't do as they do to you because I wanted to, you know, make a claim first. And uh, he's like, you know, you got to ask, <laughs> you got to, you know, you got to talk to your brother first. You got to talk to your fellow man. Okay, so this person is working as a, a straw man for the state. And uh, wait, I'm wait, wait. For the state, you mean for who is the state? The state of Massachusetts. Right. Who consists of the state of Massachusetts? What what consists it's, of the state well, of Massachusetts? The people. Well, that's the thing. The people. Yeah, he's a man that. So you're one of the people. Wearing, yeah, I'm <laughs> one of the people. Right. Maybe I'm so losing you. I. Okay, you are. Yeah, go ahead. Let me. Well, he's a man who's who's giving life and blood to uh, two-dimensional fiction, okay, called the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And so I'm reaching out to the man saying, okay, look, we have a disagreement here when actually he wasn't functioning as a man. He was functioning as a fiction. Right? Well, he's always a man. I know he's always a man, but he's, his, you know, it's like... Um, you, can't, would, you can't not be a man. I mean, think of what what is the... So you're, you're giving him an excuse, like, uh, okay, so he was only following orders, and he was only doing his job. Right. What did the Nazis say when they got hung in Nuremberg? You know, they, I know, I know, I heard that. I was only time. doing my job, you know, I was only following orders. Yeah, still a man. You, also, you also broke common law. You killed people. Right, you're still a man. Did it, that. Okay, I, I guess I'm not getting your argument, Mark. Are you saying talk to the man and say, look, uh, Joe, you... Well, no, you, you, write know, him, you write him a letter. You write him a letter. Okay. You write the man a letter. You don't write his title. You don't acknowledge his title. You write him on the private. You know, you okay, don't so bring I, I deal with him on a common law basis. Is that what you're saying? On a private um, man, law, man. Man, yeah, man in the beginning. Common law is... Right. The, hey, it's it's late. Okay, Gus. Um, you can you keep listen, talking. I, I, no, I just okay. I just heard the last minute minute and a half. Uh, you, you you can keep going. I, I'll just let well, you know. Okay, I'm just trying to clarify. Mark is 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 uh, trying to point out that um, I'm dealing with the man, Joe. Okay, uh, even though Joe was functioning when he trespassed and uh, against me and my property as a steward for uh, fiction. All right, well, back, back up a little bit. Tell me in, uh, in, in regular, everyday man language what happened, and then we'll go back and... Uh, well, the state police showed up at my front door and uh, confiscated property. Okay, due so... To a, due to a Joe warrant. Was, 
Yeah, Joe was a cop. Yeah. Okay. So, well, a, a state trooper. Uh, he was no. He was a detective. Is a detective for a local PD or, or state police or somebody state else? State police. State police. Okay. And uh, so they, Joe and others, showed up at your door. Yes. And you said come back with a bond. They had a warrant, but I didn't see it. Well, no, they, a bond, a you know, B O N D bond. No bond. No, I, I didn't see any. I didn't discuss a bond, nor do I know if there is one. Okay. The uh, what? Uh, if somebody, if I go into your house and and accidentally break something, you're, you're going to want me to fix it to pay for it. And when somebody else, when these guys come in, uh, they're not coming in as a man. They're coming in under some other capacity. So they're not held liable as a man uh, because you allowed them in as a person. So that falls under their, you know, their their umbrella insurance policy that covers the state or the county or whatever you're dealing with. So, uh, you, you know, what proof do you have that they have adequate insurance to cover you? Why would you let them in the house? Right. I, you're right. I don't have that information, nor did it even occur to me to ask for it. Okay. So uh, you can get, you know, follow up on that anyway uh, later on. So, uh, so this guy shows up at the door. How many? How many other uh, guys are with him? Um, well, I think that that's information that I'd rather not discuss. There were there were innumerable oh, okay. individuals. Okay, so uh, so Joe was the guy knocking on the door. Joe, Joe, and uh, two other individuals that represent the state police. Yes. Okay, and. I, I don't, just tell me whatever it is you, you do want to tell me. We'll go from there. Uh, well, what I want to understand is, as far as uh, establishing myself at, at the time, I, I, you know, was much more ignorant and certainly under duress, but didn't communicate that. But I functioned as a person, and so I went through the process of being uh, trespassed against as a person, and um, and uh, was. Um, so I'm I'm thinking okay, but then again, uh, what I'm trying to understand is how to establish myself as a man and get to the point where I can disallow the events or also claim the return of my property uh, as under common law, even though this event is is something that's happened in the past. You know, how do I recover my identity as a man? Through the letter writing, the the documentation that you know you you do before you get to the court. Yeah, the the all events are in the past because you know, otherwise you wouldn't know about them. So so you had some event that happened. How far in the past? January. About this year. You know, the beginning of January, 2015. Okay, so. Uh, the, the reason I ask is, you know, sometimes people call and they're talking about something that happened in 2008 that they want to clean up. So I, I'm just trying to get a better idea. Yeah, uh, that's cool. That's fine. I'm happy to answer any questions I can right now. So, so they showed up with a warrant and uh, they wanted to search the the house. Correct. And they they came in. They searched. They found some property that they thought they should take with them and. 
uh, I'm not sure what you're asking. You, you want to know what to do as far as going to court? No, what I'm asking is, okay, so so that's that's all of history. And here I am sitting in a situation where I'm a defendant, potentially defendant, there has been no hearing, uh, potential defendant against accusations of violations of statutes and codes. However, okay. under common law, I have not harmed anyone's property or person or physical physicality, whatever the proper term is for that. Yeah. So under the under the common law, I have not broken any laws. Well, have you been charged? Yeah, I, I guess I, yes, I have been charged. So there's a case number that says, you know, Alan uh, on this day did this thing, which is which is contrary to the statutes of the state of whatever. You've got that kind of a charging instrument. Yeah, I believe so. I. I I I do have some paperwork that probably has that on it. Yes. Okay. Was it was it handed down by the grand jury or is it something else? No, I I don't think this has ever gone in front of the grand jury. I got it from my lawyer. You got it from your lawyer. So this is yeah. a cop making a complaint about something. Yes. Okay. So there's a big difference between uh, you know, a, a man who's acting as an officer. A peacekeeper, whatever you know, the policy enforcer, uh, you know, who makes a complaint, and a grand jury who's, uh, you know, uh, handing down an indictment to a prosecutor. Yeah. Okay. See, that's the thing. I well, my 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 goal here, Gus, is just to say, how do I, how do I go through the process of establishing, uh, my 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 humanness, my manness. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So that so that there is a record that I submit to the the county clerk, or the the clerk, the the court clerk, or however, that says, okay, that 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 old stuff may be true, but however, under the statute or under the uh, common law, this is who I am, and this I do not recognize that fiction, nor do I uh, have. Uh, an obligation to uh, what is it? Uh, reconcile the offenses under statutes and codes, and so I'm trying to set up so I understand how to to to, to build up that kind of paper trail, if that's the proper term, to um, have that to stand on when I go to the court, and I say, oh look, you know, this is now the the Allen Court, you see, and it's not the court of whatever county or state or whatever they want to claim hey, it is. Alan, um, how, long, how many shows have you listened to, Carl? How many shows? Yeah. Oh, I've listened to quite a few. I, I don't know, maybe a dozen, you know? I know he's got a gazillion so these of them. Are, these are full shows or are these YouTube things? Uh, those are YouTube things where he's giving lectures um, to uh, people, I think, Canada. There was one in England. Um, and uh, and then the audio tracks, I've been listening to him do a Q&A with people, you know, uh, on the uh, on this website that we're having this conversation on TalkShoot. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't mean to – it just seems like you're – I'm seeing you're right in the beginning kind of. You're, you're – kind of learning 
you know what this all is? Oh, I'm totally um, a noob. Totally a noob. Okay. Right, Mark. Okay. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm not... you're asking a very big question. Um, okay. All right. <laughs> it takes a takes a lot, um, a lot of study to know where you're going with it. Um, all right. Well, I'm certainly working my best to do that. I've been working with. Yeah. <clears throat> trying to network with you're in the people. Right group. I mean, are, do you well, have a Skype account? Uh, well, yeah, and I'm hooked in with uh, Gus. Okay. And uh, and uh, what I what I'm what I'm thinking is, yeah, you know what? There's a there's a philosophy. You the, when you really want to know something, you watch it, you do it, and then you teach it. And right now, I'm watching it. <laughs> you know, before I can really get my arms around it, so I can understand how to communicate with the confidence that a man would need in such a slippery slope as a courthouse, um, I'm definitely in the first stage of getting my arms around this. And so, but I also understand that, fully understand that the only way to really get it under my belt is like what Gus has going on here with these open tele-meetings and having his website and just immersing himself in sharing. And so I think networking is really critical to get to that point. And that's something that um, I'm looking for people in my local area where we can sit down, have coffee, and talk about these kinds of things, and and kind of like what we're doing here, you know, on the telemeeting. So, yeah, I'm on a major learning curve right now, so I'm I'm totally a noob. Mark, anything else? Uh, I don't know if we lost Mark. I was gonna, I was basically gonna tell you the same thing. Um, I was just going to let you finish, but uh, here's what happens. You know, when uh, when a baby is born, okay, somebody says, "How old is the baby?" Four days old. Well, uh-huh. you know, then they ask, "How old is the baby?" The baby's 15 days old. Then it's then it's you know uh, it's 45 days. It's not a month and a half. It's 45 days. And yes. as as you get as the baby gets older. Then finally they say three and a half months. They don't say you know you know 103 days. So right. yeah, so uh, it's very clear uh, where you're at in this process that you're just getting started, and that you're definitely you have the right idea of how to learn and what to do to learn. And so the best thing for me is to keep my mouth shut and let you learn. And you'll know that you're learning the right stuff and that you're going through the proper process when you listen to to me say something, then Carl, then Mike, you know, and different people say things, you'll see uh, stuff in the Skype groups, and you'll, you'll constantly be questioning yourself, I thought it was like this, how come this guy says this? And chances are, it's not so much that we're talking about something different as much as it is your understanding is forming, okay? Yeah. Like Yeah, I get that. I agree. Yeah, so if you're in that state of confusion all the time and, and frustration, frustration, I've often uh, said that, uh, you know, that people say the, the mother, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. And right. I always thought, yeah, I always thought that was cute, but, but for me, uh, I've always focused on the other end, which is frustration is the father. <laughs> right, yeah, I agree with that. I agree. If you're not, you know, the mother of, of, of invention could be there, your know, necessity, but until you're frustrated enough, enough to actually do something about it, 
uh, it don't matter. You know, the mother yeah. is just there waiting till the father right. comes along, which is frustration. And <laughs> when there's a necessity and there's a frustration, now you've now you're giving birth to a whole bunch of new ideas. And, right, and right. In your head, that's it's all going to come together, and you're on the right track. So there's really, uh, Mark was asking you about the audios. You know, what have you been listening to? You said YouTube. Uh, have you you've you've been to my website, correct? Yes. Yeah. Sure. Okay. At redressfordummies.org, which is my website, at the top there's a tab that says Carl's early recordings. Yes. And, yeah. Start there and just start working your way down the list. And you'll see uh, Angela's, those are direct links to Carl's shows and to Angela's shows, you know, to their respective uh, talk shoes. So, you know, those aren't hosted on my website. Those are actual links to, to Carl's talk shoes. And uh, you can go there, you can listen to them and work your way down. And that's the old stuff. So you got to mix the older stuff, which is, uh, it's a different, you know, different topics, different teachings about things with the new stuff. You know, you want to listen to one of the old ones, then one of the most recent, then another old one and one of the, the more recent ones. And just so keep Gus, you... Yep. Gus, are you saying that you've kind of culled through uh, Carl's stuff and you have made a playlist that is really good for people like myself to just dive into that playlist? It's been kind of called groomed for people who are still on a major... Learning no, curve. That's, uh, that's that's what Craig Lynch does. Uh, what what oh. he's done is, is he's if you're looking for something that has to do with letter writing, you know, and there's other people who, who've done the same thing. If you're looking for letter writing skills, then uh, do a search for Carl Lentz and letter writing. If you're looking for traffic tickets, Carl Lentz and, and, and traffic tickets. So other oh. people have have uh, done subject specific. Uh, audio segments where oh. they've put two or three together and okay. uh, put it, put them out there, which is what you've been watching on YouTube. But uh, well, maybe maybe not. The one in the UK was uh, about an hour long where Carl was at talking. Least, God, at least yeah. I mean, a lot of these things are like. There's one. There's some on YouTube that are like, oh, uh, talk shoes 100 to 100. 17 or I mean they're they're play they're they're all combined yeah, they're like three seven eight hours long some of them you know yeah that's that's and what so, Craig Lynch has done is that was that what you're talking about where they kind of assimilated a collection that kind of gears toward a specific topic is that what you mean uh, some of them are done by topic and some of them are just uh, the one you just mentioned you know like a compilation of yeah. uh, 100 to 150 for 101 to 150 or, or whatever the he's got yeah, like six right. of them. Yeah, yeah, those uh, those are just a lot of really good stuff that are crammed together. Okay. You know, so, All right. And what's important is that what you learn about how to handle a traffic ticket is also applicable to how to handle a divorce or the IRS or dealing with a building inspector. You know, right. It's really 90% plus, you know, I, don't, I don't know how much more, but at least 90% of this has got to do with attitude and knowing that, uh, knowing the difference between a man and a person, and mm -hmm. these are the kinds of you know this is the kind of information I've tried to put on the website. But last Saturday, Mike was talking about letter writing, which is probably the most important thing you can do. And uh, Mark from Detroit was talking about the difference between a man and a person. And so last weekend's call on Carl's talk show, 
you'll hear that kind of information. You know, and then Carl was out of town, so I, I kind of took advantage to try to get all that basic stuff out there. And uh, uh, this is one of you know Mike's one of Mike's strong, you know, strengths is letter writing, and Mark is uh, very good at explaining persons and, and a man and the difference. And so uh, your letter writing skills or yeah, your letter writing skills will spill over into notices, but notices are different than letter writing in that they're they're uh, they're used in the court uh, for the most part, not always. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, go back and listen to to last weekend's call on on Carl's talk show. Okay. That, that last episode, right. it's like it's like 15 hours long because when Larry uh, was talking. <laughs> The call ended, and Larry thought he just got hung up on, so he called back in, and it kept on going. And uh, I bailed out after I think about five hours. Mike kept going. Like <laughs> Jeez, my goodness, that is a long one. It is. Okay, but, you know, all right. Well, guys, I appreciate you taking time to give me the uh, kind of a at least at least I'm not in walls. I can see where there's a doorway. At least I know where where the threshold is to start moving forward. And I appreciate you giving that support. Yeah, yeah. Are you familiar with Mike's call on Monday nights? Uh, well, isn't that on your website? Uh, I know you have everything laid out on your website. Um, yes, it is. shoes and arc. Yeah. So yeah, I uh, uh, starts between five Eastern and Pacific. Is that the one? That's Carl. Yeah, uh, Carl. Oh, on, oh, Mondays. Yeah, I see it now. Mondays, common law. No. Con, yep. Calm in laws community call. Yep. And that's yeah, uh, Mike's. That's Mike's uh, talks. That, that's his uh, Skype account. Also, if you want to get a hold of Mike, Calm and Law is his Skype oh, account. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think you gave me that group. Is that different? Uh, that's just a group. That's not Mike himself. Uh, okay. All right. All right, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guys move on. But I really again appreciate your help, and uh, we'll be in touch. No problem. Great to have you. For those of you that. Uh, but don't know. Mike's got a call on Monday night. It's TalkShoe one three three eight zero two. Typically at seven p.m. And Mike does some other calls sometimes during the week. And Carl's TalkShoe is on uh, Saturdays, usually just after sundown in uh, Virginia where he lives. And uh, so anytime between five in the winter to nine ten o'clock at night on uh, you know, during the summer. So right now. Uh, we're starting around six six thirty, and uh, that's uh, talk to one two seven four six nine. Carl's website is broadmind dot org, and uh, that, that's b r o a d m i n d dot org. Carl does not have a bunch of stuff to sell, so if you're at a, if you're at a website that's selling stuff, uh, that could be the UK website that, that Bali was running for Carl. Uh, which is I, I think that that actually is Carl's website, but uh, that's he's, I don't think he's paying attention to that anymore. So I'm not quite sure what's going on with that. But if you if you want to donate to Carl, you do it at broadmind.org, and my website is redressfordummies.org, and this talk show I do on uh, Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern time, and this is uh, what is it one three four zero eight four. My uh, my Skype account, if you want to get a hold of me on Skype, is Gus.Rutten. My Skype information 
is on my website, redressfordummies.org. You can look at you know, at uh, about Carl Lentz, about Craig Lynch, about Gus Breton. In that section, you can find my email and my Skype information. Mike's Skype information is also on my website under the Talks You name. Uh, I'm sorry, the uh, Talks You and Archives tab, where uh, he, Mike's call is the second one down right after Carl's, and it's Calm In Law, and that's uh, that's his Skype contact information also. North Georgia. Get your hand up. Go ahead and unmute yourself. Uh, star six. And if you cannot do that, I'll unmute you for you. Uh, can you hear me? I can hear you. Hey, how's it going? Good. What's All right, this on? is uh Oh, hey, uh oh who, 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 this is Gus, right? Yes it is. Okay, yeah, I'm trying to get you guys' voices all down pat. But uh yeah, man, I called in the other night and um I had uh I was talking to you guys about um the claim process that I was in and um dealing with a mortgage issue and whatnot and I actually ended up linking up with um with Mark here in Atlanta and it was a real good experience and I uh, learned a lot from him in the in the short time we, we talked. And uh, he yeah, I think he said he had relayed some stuff to you to you about my situation, so uh, I'm just calling yeah. in. Yeah, we talked for a few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, last time we spoke on the other call, I was uh. Well, I was just I was telling you where I was at with uh with 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 the claim that I had going on, and um, he was saying that you might be able to. Uh, actually, I I wasn't sure if he was saying you would be able to help help me with that or. Actually, the other the other issue, which is um, the issue with the with the, my house and a and a lien situation strategy or whatnot. Yeah, the uh, the claim that you were talking about, that's the one you were you were moving against the uh, the attorney. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, the, the attorney is yeah. only an agent, uh, unless you're going after him for barratry. Uh, there's not much of a claim except for Barrettry, because you know, as a as a man moving a claim without uh, you know with a fictitious plaintiff, you're talking about Barrettry, so you know that would be the claim. But uh, that I don't think that's what you were doing. Well, no, um, and, and I, I think that was some of the misunderstanding, or or maybe not, but um, that was some of the. Well, yeah, well, I don't think you really understood my position going into that whole thing, which was, um, you know, you know, it, it, it could be, it could be interpreted that, you know, this guy, he's just, and actually as me, as me and, um, Mark talked about it too, you know, he's like, we well, you know this, this guy is just somebody doing his job. And I said, yeah, I can, I can see how you, you might look at it that way. But, you know, I, uh, I didn't just, uh, I didn't just pick his, pick this guy or he, he's not the first guy to contact me. You know, I worked my way up to him to find out who was the man in charge and, and um, make them fully aware of, you know, of everything, and up up until the point to where you know this guy said, hey, you know, I'm the man, I, I'm owning this, I'm the one you need to talk to, and the buck stops here. And okay. when he stood in my way there, that's when I, you know, that's when I uh, ended up. I had no choice but to file my claim against him. So uh, okay, that's, that's fine. So where where are you at? What's uh, I I don't remember enough of the details. Uh, What's your question now? Well, I mean, I, well, um, 
Well, you can was, slide uh, on over if you want. I, I, I just, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> okay, well, 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 I, I tell you, well, let's pick up where where I'm at with my claim and whatnot. So, um, basically, as far as the claim goes, you know, my my whole my whole objective wasn't, you know, to get any money out of this guy. I wanted I wanted him to be left alone, and I wanted him to um, put me on the right track with who I actually needed to speak with. And the way that I presented my claim was, hey, you know, you bring forth the damaged party, or um, or you're basically owning owning this, you know, and I gave him the opportunity. But when it, what ended up happening was that, um, of course, um, somewhere along the way, I lost my court of record, and um, or or am being denied that. And um, now, you know, the judge dismissed my claim, and you know, it's like, well, now they're they're talking about she's saying she's holding a hearing for um, to assess attorney fees, you know, for for the defendant or you know for the the wrongdoer there. And um, so I'm like, well, at this point, I'd, I'd like to just back out of that situation as uh, let's sort of, uh, yeah, back out of that situation as, as, as if I can without, um, yeah, more if it's possible for me to just back out of that, out, out of that situation, how I might um, proceed, you know, because okay, the, the way I'm thinking. Uh, hold on a second. Just, just tell me about uh, this, this guy that, that uh, you moved the claim against this man. Right. He is acting as an attorney for someone. Yeah, he's acting as an attorney for um, the the alleged mortgage servicer. Okay. And just to give you a little background, um, out of out of over the course of um, you know a couple years or so, I've uh, I've come to realize that well. I've, I've, de- I've dealt with the mortgage servicer, and I've got I've got notices, I've got letters from them saying that they have no idea who who the owner of the mortgage is. I've, I've dealt with the you know the actual yeah, person that I, I can't I can't do twenty different things at once. I uh, I don't drive okay. for a living. You know, my, you know, okay. I, I, I picked up one sheet, I put it on the wall, and until I was done with that one sheet, I didn't do anything else. So okay, I'm a, okay. One, you know, one thing at a time guy. So you've got a claim got against a man who acted as an attorney on behalf of some uh, some mortgage servicer uh, who mm-hmm. may or may not have been your mortgage servicer, but they, they're definitely, it's not that they're an alleged mortgage servicer, they, they actually are a mortgage servicer. You just don't, you don't know. Alleged to be my servicer, right? Exactly. So you've you got to make sure that when you're describing this stuff, that you, you keep a clear head and don't get into that guru mentality of, you know, they're, they're, the courts don't really exist and the money's not real money. You, know, you forget all that crap. Just, you know, yeah, and I, and I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Well, I don't. No, I, I, I never, yeah. It doesn't matter if you believe it or not. It's just not useful during this conversation. Okay, you can believe I mean, it all you want. I, I don't have any right. problem with it. I mean, I know what. I know what green paper is. It's green paper. <laughs> you know, I'm not fooled right. by it. It's just paper. You know, it's the sooner you trade that in for a motorcycle or something of value, the better off you're going to be. <laughs> you know, buy some land okay. something with it. But, uh, you know, otherwise, exactly. this is green paper. So, But we don't have to get into all that stuff to have a, a conversation about what you want to talk about, uh, you know, which is a man who's who uh, was acting on behalf of a servicer, and your what did he do uh, on behalf of that servicer that you claim is is a wrong? Well, he um well what happened is that his company 
because he's he's one of the, he's one of the principals in the in the in the company, okay, in the firm. So his company um, reached out to me and they said, hey, well, you know, we represent the servicer and we're going to initiate foreclosure. Now this is um, yeah, they just popped uh, about so, in blue. Hold on, hold on, okay. One thing at a time, guys. He is. He's not initiating foreclosure. He's the, the servicer is initiating foreclosure using this guy as an agent, as a tool. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay, so that they, they, yeah. So they sent me. They sent me the notice, and then um, now at the time, I was in the in the midst of you know the, the usual statutory stuff. So I sent them my my FDCPA, my RESPA um, letter, you know, and um, notifying them of, um, hey, what's been going on and that, you know, this isn't right, uh, long story short. And um, and then then I called in and I tried to follow up. I said, hey, you know, did, did you guys get my notice? And they were like, yeah, well, you need to talk to this person. And I talked to someone else and they said, you need to talk to the man in charge. And then I finally got through to. What's your, hey, uh, what's your name, by the way? Jason. Jason, when uh, yeah. when you were writing to this attorney, were you directing things at the attorney, or were you directing things at the man, or were you directing things at the corporation that was acting as a service? Initially, it was because because that's how they initially communicated with me was the corporation acting as a servicer, and uh, after I didn't get an appropriate response, then I picked up the phone and I was like, hey, well you know, where do we stand with all this? And then I, I worked my way to the man who was the man in charge. And, uh, and then after I didn't get anywhere with him, um, I let him know that his company was in, you know, they, they're, they're, what they're doing is wrong. And I, I laid it all out for him. I had all the evidence he needed, but. But you were not right. It doesn't sound like, uh, it doesn't sound like you were writing to, to the, uh, it, it sounds like you were talking to the agent as if the agent was the principal. Yeah, you were not writing to the Did you ever write a letter to the you know to the servicing company saying uh you know, I believe there's a mistake. Uh, I'm not sure what you guys are doing, what you seek of me, what you're looking for, but I require to know the man or the woman with authority to help me figure this out. You know, can you please let me know who that is so I can get this, you know, this matter resolved. Did, did you ever look for the man or the woman uh, within that servicing company, to, so you could have a man-to-man chat with that man or woman. Uh, I never, at the time when I was dealing with the service, I never, I never specifically said it that way. I said I need the, I need to know the party who I, who I can, um, the, the appropriate party. I never phrased it as man or woman because at that time I wasn't, I wasn't in the, I wasn't in that that frame of mind. But uh, right. what happened? Uh, but but when when you were writing those letters, were uh, was it to the servicing company looking for somebody to help you settle settle the issue, or were you writing yes. to the law firm? Yeah, at the time um, before dealing with the law firm, I, yeah, I had dealt with the servicing company, and um, yeah, that was exactly what happened. And did they did they answer you? They, they answered me the best they could um, because they were they did their best to avoid the obvious. Um, questions that well they they did their best to not give me the answers that I needed you know they certainly did not deal with you as a man no, that's, uh, no they weren't dealing with me as a man for sure okay so uh, 
how long ago was this? That was uh well, that was I guess twenty thirteen. Sometime in twenty thirteen, yeah, middle of twenty thirteen when um yeah, when when I ended up dealing with this serv this particular servicer. So they were and then they were after asking, they were acting the, the servicer was acting under the power of sale clause of the mortgage contract. Well, at the time, they weren't foreclosing. They were just saying, you know, when they when they initially contacted me and said, hey, we're who we are, we represent the the mortgage company. I said, okay. First thing I asked them, I said, well, please, because I had had history with, the mor- history with the mortgage company, trying to get the answers I needed. That went nowhere, and they when they transferred servicing, I, the first thing I do, I say, okay, who are you, and I need, I need, um, I need answers to who you are, who you represent, and to know that I'm dealing with the right party. Well, those are the prime one of two of the prime questions that never got answered, and so uh, and that's a side of that was a side of you know um, so well since those questions never got answered, I, I was never ac- actually able to get in touch with anyone to like you said to resolve my issue, and so we after months of getting nowhere, then they decided you know to, to transfer to this um, attorney's firm. And when they did that, oh, I did the exact hold same. Hold on, whoa, whoa, whoa! They, they didn't yeah. transfer. They didn't. They, they they didn't transfer anything well, to the law firm. They they hired a law firm. Hired as, them, yes, as yes. an agent to get some work done, like you would hire me to paint your house. Okay, they hired sure. an agent to do something. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what they did. Yeah, they hired them, and then I, I you know, first thing I did the exact same thing. And they they sent me the letter. I said, hey, okay, well, I, I need to bring you guys up to date. Here's what's been going on. Please show me proof of your authority because they're just playing this game. They're hiding behind each other. And I'm like, hey, I, I just need to talk to the right person here. And, it's um, fine. I, it's, it's, yeah. it's cool. So where are you at today? This was two years ago. Where, 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 did, uh, did, you, did you file a suit against the original servicer? Was that, was that, the, was that you? Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. So you scared them away and they had sold it to these other they transferred over to this uh whatever they did. Some other service yeah. was shut down. Okay. Exactly. I remember. All right. So where are you yeah. at today? So today, um what after they transferred the servicing and so uh and and then um then hired this attorney's firm, they were moving pretty fast. I said, Okay. So what I ended up having to do, I ended up having to file a restraining order against this new servicer and um and um, so I took the servicer and the attorney's firm. I filed a restraining order against both of them. And um, but I was also in the midst of learning about this process and dealing with the, the man, you know. And so uh, when I realized when I after I after I did that and I picked up the phone and I, and I called them back, I said, Hey, listen, I'm trying. And they 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 telling me that the four foreclosure is still scheduled. So I said, Okay. I need to make this a little more personal, and so I, I worked my way up to the guy in charge, and when he and he told me explicitly that, hey, I'm the man you need to speak with. You don't need to speak with me. I, I can't. I can't put you in. I'm not going to put you in touch with anyone else. That's privileged information, even though I really don't believe he had it. And um, this is where the buck stops with me. And so I I began my process of noticing him as a man, and his you know in his capacity as a man, and and letting him letting him know that I hey. That I'm going to have to file a claim against you if you don't um, yeah. relinquish your false claim. All right. Oh, well, I, 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 I said if you, if you don't show me, if you don't prove to me that your claim is, right. is legitimate. Right. So, yeah. so you, you move the claim against the attorney. 
because yeah. you didn't produce the paperwork, and that's where you're at today. Uh, the, yeah. the thing got dismissed. You got an attorney now who's looking for for compensation of his time for having to answer your paperwork. And, yeah. And uh, yeah, that, that, that's that's where I'm at on the claim. Yeah. That's where you're at on the claim. You're still uh, you're still in the house. Yeah. And on the land records, where wherever you guys keep your land records, your town, your county land records, uh, is there something that's been entered in there that you are no longer the owner of the house? No. Why, I don't understand. Why would there be something like that? Well, there, if there was a, uh, a foreclosure sale, and uh, based on that foreclosure sale, uh, paperwork was done and, in, and entered into the county land records that says that you are no longer oh. the owner, no, no, no. It, it never took place. So nothing's happened it's, yet? Nothing's happened yet, no. As far as you know, there's nothing on the land records any different than it was two, three, four years ago? No, I'm absolutely certain of that. I've been to the courthouse. Uh, uh, is that where you... Not, not the courthouse, the county land records or the, the town land well, it's, records. Well, it's all, it's all at, the, at, the, it's at the same, same courthouse. It's different. Okay. Yeah, uh-huh. Oh, that's fine. Well, it it might be the same, yeah, same building with different areas. So what do you want to do? What do you want to know? Well, uh, okay, well, well, one issue is (laughs) the issue of, of, like I said, trying to to get out out from under this, uh, the position that I'm in now with losing my court and then having to, you know, this, this, them, them filing this, uh, saying I have to pay his attorney's fees, which I think is ridiculous. And um, I'm trying to find out what is there a way that I can notice? Is there any way for me to... Hold on, hold on. on. What is the end result that you wish to have? Do you have any any emotional attachment to this particular house? Uh, Yes. And you know what? It's funny. Huh? Wait, was this was this you know, like your great grandfather's house and it's been no 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 not 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 to that extent no it was I mean it was it was just my house but uh, no not not to that it's not no emotional attachment like that no I guess right, the emotional sorry. attachment is the fact that I've been <laughs> involved in yeah you're emotional about it but but the house itself is just a building and it's a it's in a neighborhood you like to live in and so on other than that you don't have any serious emotional attachment do you. No. All right. So, uh, if you were able to cash out and walk away, and just you know go go directly into another neighborhood, you know you, you might move three houses down. You know, but if you were able to cash out and walk away with, with you know with whatever money you've got invested in that thing, uh, is, is that something you'd be willing to do? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So what's stopping you from doing that? Well, uh, <laughs> coming, get, having a meeting of the minds with the appropriate party to make no, that happen. No I mean, and, and, and let you know something that I don't, huh? Well, do you, do you, you know, uh, we, we talked last uh, Saturday about, uh, you know, the, the time that you've put into the property. You know, you, you, you've developed the property. You've provided security for the property. You've provided maintenance for the property. Uh, yeah, we, we've talked about that stuff. 
So you, you've obviously got a vested interest that's undeniable in that property. And uh, there's, you know, there's, what's stopping you from selling your interest in the property? I just don't know a lot about exactly how to go about doing that, I guess. You put a for sale sign on the front line. Well, I have to wait for sale owner. Okay, well, no, let me let me let me rephrase that. Um, yeah, well, I don't exactly know, but um, I guess I, ha- I haven't secured I haven't secured a, a lien based on that interest that I have in, in the property. That's something that I've been looking into. Well, you don't, you don't have to get a lien on it. I mean, you can you can do a lien. You can do a mechanics lien. You can do a, an artisan's lien. You can do you know also, there's all sorts of different liens you can do. Uh, yeah. You know, you, you can do a lien. You know, you, based on whatever you want to call it, but the bottom line is, I you know, I did some work on this house and I ain't leaving without, uh, with without my my vested interest. You know, I need to take that to the next property, the next piece of land. Mm-hmm. I'm selling this one so I can move. You know, I, I want to relocate, and uh, you know, I'm taking what's mine with me. So, uh, I mean, that's the fundamental basis to it. How you do it. Uh, you know, it could, could be done a lot of different ways. Yeah, well, uh, I've um, I, I guess I just hadn't uh, figured that out because uh, uh, you know, how you want to yeah, hear you want to hear the bottom line, simplest way to do that. I don't tell this one very often. <laughs> yeah, sure. I love to hear it because I've been beating my head for some time. All right, uh, all right let me. I'll tell you what, I, I, let me finish sweeping the floor over here. i got a disaster. Um, okay. But basically, you own the property. I'll be done in a second. A couple, uh-huh. couple of seconds. Just uh, almost done. <laughs> so you've got property, okay? And do you agree that you can sell your basketball, your lawnmower, whatever belongs to you, you can sell it? Yeah. So if if um, if you buy a car and there's a lien on the car and you sell the car or you trade it in, uh, basically you pay whoever the creditor was and you uh, walk away with the with whatever you vest you know you've got vested in that thing and you move on to the next property, the next car, correct? Sure. Uh, yeah. You, uh, you, so, you, all right, I'm all done. I just wanted to sit down before I get into this. Um, all right, so you've got a house. This is yours, and you don't know who you owe. And the fastest way for you to move out of this thing is to put it up for sale and uh, give public notice that uh, the house is going up for sale and that any creditors that uh, that have a claim on this property need to come forward with their claims, you know, verifiable as being true, due, and owing, and that you'll pay the claim. So this is this is what I would do if I were you. I would put the house up for sale. Uh, I, I would give notice. I'm sorry. I would give notice to the attorney, the bank, public notice in the newspaper once a week for five weeks. You know, you got to go at least three weeks minimum. So let's say you go Just five like they weeks. would do, yeah. Yeah, like say you did now. You started now, and you said, um, you know, I'm gonna. You, you give public notice that I'm gonna be selling this property at that auction 
uh, it doesn't have to be auction, but let's say that was the notice, okay? Yeah, I'm selling right. the property at auction. Let me look at the calendar here for June. Yeah, that'd be plenty far enough. Whoops, what did I do? Take another look here. Okay, June 6th on a Saturday, okay? So <laughs> June 6th, right? So you, you put out a notice that said, on June 6th, uh, this property is going up for auction. If you have a claim uh, for any debt owed to you on this property, or, or, or for work you've done on this property, or you know, related to this property in any way, your your uh, your claim has to be in by Wednesday, June third, and all claims will be settled, uh, which are which are verifiably uh, true, due, and owing. Or you, know, you don't want to use uh, verifiably. Any verifiable claim, which is true, due, and owing, will be settled, uh, which which is presented before Wednesday, June 3rd. And what you would do is, let's say you went to a notary, you would say you hired a notary for this. So the notary okay. would, would the notary would put the uh, notice into the newspaper announcing that this was going on, and you hmm. would, the notary would send a letter out to whoever you thought might be interested in, in getting paid off, you know, that, that might have a debt that's verifiable. But you don't right. have to prove that anybody else has a debt or does not have a debt. The burden of proof is not on you. If you put the property up for sale and you give public notice, look, I'm cashing in. If somebody else has a claim, I want to make sure everybody gets a chance to collect what, you know, what's owed to them because I'm, I'm out of here. I'm moving to California. I'm, you know, George is just not. Right, right. Uh, so that's it. You, you go through the notary and have the notary do everything, and then the notary would, would be able to give you a statement on June 6th that said, uh, you know, as of June 3rd, these are the two people that came forward, or the, the two entities that came forward claiming a debt. Here's the statement of facts. They're claiming that uh, this is the true due and, and, uh, and owing amount of, uh, of debt on this property, and the you know, and it's verifiable and so on. So if they don't hmm. come forward with that kind of information, you sell the house. That's good. You walk away with whatever you get. You know, if they have a claim that's verifiable, uh, then you put that kind of, you, you, you know, you could still sell the house, put the money in escrow until you have a, until you have a hearing to determine, you know, whether they can prove the, uh, the debt or not. But, you know, that's how you shift the burden of proof on them to prove the debt. Uh, so when, for example, so when, when, when you do a, when you give notice like that and, and do a sell like that, what about, uh, no, I know I can sell a house, uh, I can sell a house, um, be a quick link. Well, that's, that's not a sale. I can sell a house whoever I want for however much, or even just enough to cover my expenses into the home. But as far as like, um, a, a, a regular sale with a clear title, you're saying that's not, that's not necessarily where we're going for because. I won't. I won't be able to have that. You know? It's no different. It's no different than if you had something else for sale. I've got a basketball for sale. I'm going to sell it on June sixth. Anybody who has a claim to make, uh, you know, for a portion of of the value of this basketball needs to make a claim by June third, or forever hold their peace. And that's mm-hmm. it. And you do it through a third party, an impartial witness, like a like a notary. 
and uh, you, you know that way you've got somebody to back up you know your story. It's not just you, and uh, right. you get the affidavit of publication from the newspapers. You know, you you, you might give the church twenty eight bucks and have it you know, so they can post it every Sunday. But you know, basically, you're giving public notice that you want to settle all claims on this property, and uh, some people call that you know quiet title. You know, you're proving that there's no debt on the property. Right. I had never thought about. Well, I'm, I'm I'm very familiar, pretty familiar with quiet title, but uh, I had never thought about right. it that way. Going about it that way. What what people use? See, people people have it in their head. They have to use the courts. You don't have to use yeah. the courts. You just give public notice. Hey, I'm selling my basketball. Does anybody, you know, do I owe anybody for polishing my basketball, for painting it, for keeping it in storage? You know, whatever. You know, it, all it is is just a piece of property. You know, it, it, right. And and people put way too much significance on what the property is. You know, yeah. let's say you said, uh, you know, this guy Gus owes me three hundred hours of labor for. Uh, for all the work that I did on his house, we're swapping labor, and he mows lawns, you know, for a living. So I'm looking to cash in his time uh, to see how, you know, it, it's a it's a property. That time that that I owe you is is your property. So it doesn't okay. matter. It, it could be any kind of property. Hmm. Right. Property's property. Okay. Huh. So then that that so then I sell it and. Um... It can, you know, let's say take something simpler like a John Deere tractor. Right. You know, most people who've got a John Deere, uh, you know, like a garden tractor, heavy-duty one, uh, they're a little bit more expensive. They might owe some money on it. And uh, they put it up for sale. They want to make sure everything's clear before they put it up for sale. So they give public notice, you know, that they're selling their tractor for $4,300. And if anybody uh, wants to make a claim, come forward now or forever hold your peace. And you, you give public notice to everybody, and Bob shows up. Bob says, "Hey, you still owe me $180 from working, you know, from the work I did on the uh, on the axle last year." And you're like, "Oh shit, Bob, I forgot all about you. Sorry, man. Here, you know, put, put your claim in. Give it to uh, to Mary Ann. She's going to settle the accounts uh, when you know when I sell this out." You know, right. I mean, all you're doing is just you're giving everybody an opportunity to, to to get paid for what for the debt that you owe them. Now, if they don't speak up, it's not your problem. So, what if what if one of them does speak up? The one, the same people that I've been dealing with. Well, they have to verify it in open court. You know, if, if you're telling me you've got a verifiable claim, then bring it forward. Yeah. Let me see the paperwork. Let me see the uh, the accounting of the account. The you know the, the the original note. Let me see what you got. I, you know, I I don't know if you've got the original paperwork, the instruments of debt, and so on. You know, who who are you? Anybody can come forward and say, "Gus owes me twenty bucks." Yeah. Are you willing? Exactly. Are you willing? Are you willing to say that under oath? And you know, can you prove it? It's got to be verifiable in open court, or else I ain't paying it. You know, you, I'm not. I'm not going to pay it just because you walked in off the street and said, "I owe you fifteen hundred dollars for painting my porch." Yeah, I don't even have a porch. Right, right. Um, so with, with 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 that, like with the court piece, so let's say that because when I when I send notice or something like that, I can imagine some someone's going to try to rear their head like they tried to do recently. So uh, you said you bring it up in, huh? Yeah, of course they will. Yeah, yeah. So so then you said we handle it in court. 
that's the piece that I'm, I'm not sure. Would they have to bring it to court, or would I have? To, I, I would bring it to court and say, well, no, how do you bring nobody, that to court? Nobody, nobody's nobody's going to bring it to court. What, what's going to happen is somebody's going to come forward and say, you owe me sixty three thousand uh, dollars for you know on that piece of property, the land, whatever you know, whatever part of the property, the land, the real estate. Okay, yeah. they're gonna make it. They're gonna say you owe me this much, and you say, "Great, uh, I, I need you know I need you to make a you know to write up a statement of fact that says that you are willing to testify in open court under oath or affirmation that this debt is true, due, and owing." That's it. Right. You know, and, and if they do that, you know, uh, attach a attach a bill with a, a bill of, you know attach a bill of particulars with your invoice. And if I believe you, if I, you know, if that sounds reasonable and everything looks right, I'll pay the debt. If it doesn't look right, I'm not going to pay you, and you can sue me. And you know, we'll put the money that you believe I owe you in escrow until until that part of the uh, of, of the sale is settled. You know, the hmm. problem most okay. people have the problem most people have with their house is they don't want to leave. They're emotional. Okay, they want to somehow. You know, keep the house, win the battle, you know, forget that crap. Move the heck <laughs> out. Get away. You, you've got a, you've got a yeah. disaster, a paper disaster that's never going away. Okay, these people, are, they're, they're going to hire another attorney, another attorney, another attorney, and they're going to keep jabbing and jabbing and jabbing until they get something, you know, whether, yeah. it's, whether it's legitimate or not. You know, it's just whoever's got the best story on that day wins, and eventually it won't be you. So, I can imagine eventually it won't, yeah. Yeah, so and, um, if, you, if you've still got control of the property and, and possession, nine-tenths of the law, possession, uh, then do something about it. Yeah, hmm. chicken, I mean, I don't, I've explained this, I I think the last time I explained this, you know, this common law view that I have was a year ago. Carl was sitting in this chair that I'm sitting in right now, and okay. he was on Angela's call, uh, pretending to be some hillbilly, and uh, and and after that call, Doug was having a uh, a show, and on that show, it was an after hours call. I got on there and, and I was explaining this to him. But this has been my point of view for you know, as far as foreclosures, it's not something I've I've explained uh, since. But you know, okay. that's what I would do. I'd get the hell out from under it, put it up for sale, and settle any claims that come forward, and just move on with my life. I wish I had a man. I wish you had a spoke three months ago because I mean I was at the point. I'm I was definitely at the point to where it's like I'm I'm, I'm over it. If I could just walk away with the money that I had invested, that that would be great. But it had been such a fight, and I'm like, you know, I'm not gonna let some random guy come in here and tell me something that I know better. You know, so it it just became well, I mean, a. If you can, if you can disconnect emotionally, you'll you'll do real well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's that's the whole thing. And I and I, after, I, like I said, I was speaking with uh, Mark the other day, and I, I realized that I just <laughs> I have my, my my fist clenched so tight, I just can't, you know, see the see the forest for the trees. It's like, okay, you know what? You got better things simple. to do with your life, man. You I got kids. Do. Yeah, yeah. All right, go be a dad. Screw this crap, man. Sell the house, find another place to live, move out, enjoy it. I mean, it's just a matter of time before, you know, the, the, the crap gets so thick 
you know, I mean, they they just keep adding sugar and making molasses, and eventually you're not going to be able to walk through it. Mm, yeah. Well, don't, the only thing I, I, I may be a little tricky is actually going following through with the sales. So I may I may need to follow up with you on that. But uh, yeah, I can definitely give a notice. I mean, because that's what they do to us here in Georgia. You know, all, all they have to do is they give you notice four weeks in a row, and then they can sell your house on the courthouse steps unless you know how to, um, you know, dispute that or. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's the common law process. That's what they do. That's what the power of sale is. It's part of the contract. And, yeah. you know, if they have a debt that they can prove is, is true due and owing, then, you know, you're going to uh, stay in honor and you're going to pay it. And if they don't, then then they don't. I mean, you know, you could have 100 people show up and say, hey, I did the roof on your house. You know, you owe me 1500 bucks, But only one of them actually did the work. You know, you're not going to pay all 100 of them. No, exactly, yeah. So you're just looking, don't make this personal. Just, just you know, emotionally walk away. And, you know, like I said, you know, this is not something I've talked about very often. I don't have land, property, real estate. I don't have anything in my name. And uh, I don't have anything. So, you know, this is not something I've ever concerned myself with. But... Uh, you know, I, I talked to a friend about this last year, and this is what I told him to start looking into. I've mentioned it to a few people privately, and I've always wanted to, you know, to study uh, how to do this effectively this way. Uh, you know, yeah. the other thing is, you know, equity claims, you know, uh, mechanics liens, stuff like that. But you know, putting it all together um, and moving on with your life. I mean, this doesn't have to last ten years. You know, I mean, it, 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 this stuff shouldn't last ten years. It, it should be over. You know, if there's a debt, they have a right to get paid, and you have a right to move on with whatever's left. Yeah, well, I think I think the point of the mechanics lien more so is because you're like, well, what? I guess a lot of people may be under the impression like I, well, I, I was that really, who could I sell it to? If I if I if I'm if I'm if I'm not going to be able to have clear what they call clear title. I can't even if I did put it for sale. Who could I sell it to? So I'm in, I'm in a better position to put a lien against it, you know, to where I have to get paid before they can even sell it. But yeah. so that that may be the only thing to where okay, who could I sell it to? Who who's going to buy that house uh, with a title that's uh, not so clear? You know. Well, why, why is the title not clear after the? Okay, let's say you did this through a, uh, a well-established notary public, right? Not not just some guy who works out of his house, but you know somebody who's been around. He's got he's a private investigator. He does process service. I mean, somebody who's involved in life in this kind of stuff. So yeah. you, know, you, you you do that process with him. Uh, you give the public notice. I mean, you hire this guy or this woman, whatever, to to you know to be the impartial man or woman that gives the public notice, that documents everything, and mm-hmm. nobody nobody came forward and you sold the property. You know, I sold my John Deere. I gave public notice to everybody I could think of. I put it in the you know the church bulletin boards for five miles around. You know, nobody came forward. I, you know, I, don't, I didn't think I had any debt on this, on this tractor, and nobody came forward, so I guess I don't, and I sold it. What's the problem? Yeah, you sell it at auction or for anything, right? Well, you, you know, 
you, you might not even be that. Let's say Gus wants to buy your tractor, and you say, hey, um, you know, I really don't need it anymore. I'll let you have it for 5600 bucks, but i got to make sure I don't owe somebody some money on this. Let me just run a public notice on it. And so you run public right. notice, and you get, you know, uh, nobody makes a claim, and you say, hey, it's yours, man. So, you know, give me 5600 and take it with you. That's it. You know, it's just a... I, I, it seems like a very reasonable thing to do, it, it, you know, if you've got some some property that's worth a, a great value that you would give public notice, uh, because you know, eight or ten years has gone by and you might have forgotten the you know somebody who's uh, who's done some work. Yeah, I guess you're right because uh, yeah, the, the the house is separate from the the security interest. So if if that yeah, so I mean, it, it's still my house in my house, to my property, so um, yes, I could just sell it. If you look at the, um, if you look at the, your your mortgage papers, somewhere is in there. It says that you have the right to sell the property, and that if you do, the entire amount owed will become due and owing at that time. <laughs> right. right. Whatever that may be. Yeah, well, yeah. Let's, you know, if, if I if I buy a house and I'm in it for ten years and I've got half the mortgage paid and I sell it because I'm moving to a different house, you know, the company I'm working for is relocating me and I'm heading down the road, you know, Arizona or whatever. Uh, if that's the case, then uh, you know, I sell the house and whatever is owed is is due and owing at that time. And that's it. So that it, it doesn't say that just because you owe the money on the property that you cannot sell it. It says that if you sell it, you have to pay the debt. Okay. Well, Whatever I'm selling the property, yeah. and if you know, and, and you, I, I need an accounting of the debt. I need to know exactly what you believe I owe. <laughs> yeah. Right. And uh, I've done that. Yeah, I've been, I've been down that road. So that should, that part should be easy. Yeah. There's nothing new. I mean, this is. This is just all within the existing contracts and everything else. Uh, you know, you're just giving public notice. It's it's the, you know, I, I wish there was more people interested in, in studying this particular subject when it comes to land and property because uh, I, I think this is definitely the way to go. Oh, man. I t- <laughs> There's a lot of people interested in this topic. Believe well, me, I've been in a lot, of, a lot of conversations, a lot of groups, yeah. Yeah, well, they're all interested in fighting the bank and fighting, you know, because they want to keep the property. Nobody wants to let go and walk away from the paper disaster. You've got a paper train wreck coming your way, and and you want to stand there and handle it all. Jump ship. Sell it. Yeah, Yeah, because you can't can't fix that. It's like no matter matter how you try to switch it, look at it different ways, like, well, it's like you can't. You, you, you can't be fixed because it was a uh, it was it was flawed from the beginning, you know. So that's why they won't come to the well, table and, and and address it. Whether whether it was or it wasn't is irrelevant. You've got a vested interest in that real estate, in that property, that land. Exactly. And yeah. So uh, you want to you want to move on with your life, and you want to take what belongs to you, and you want to uh, pay off whoever you owe a debt to. And you know the proper thing is to give notice, let everybody know, and and move on with your life. You know, unless I'm missing something, it's just very possible. In this no, case. no, I, that's that's I've, I've been there for about a year now. I, just, I was like, you know what, I just want to get out from underneath this thing. But I had so much in 
not just money invested at this point, but um, like you said, uh, time and energy invested. I'm like, I'm not just going to walk and let this guy here come in and, and do this to me. So, but ultimately, yeah, I, I, I love to just be able to just just go. So, and, so you're right up. You're right up a bill of particulars, and uh, that bill of particulars for all the work that you've done, the maintenance, the security, whatever is is legitimate. Put that down on, on, on a piece of paper, create a bill of particulars. And then you know uh, you know the, the amount of, of uh, equity that you have in the house from your labor. Based on the oh, – so that, that bill of particulars, it wouldn't include the actual payments made against it, right? It's no, just my labor. That, yeah, that's something else, yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah. The, 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 the purpose of the equity lien, the equity uh, – the bill of particulars is, you know, you have a right to be compensated for your time and your labor. Right. So, yeah, so you haven't been compensated for that yet. So you're going to create a, a bill. Now, I don't know how much you get for washing windows, all right, but, you know, or, or waxing the floor or mowing the lawn or whatever you do. But, you know, the, the reason that property is worth something today is because it's not full of termites, because you actively took care of that and made sure it didn't happen, okay? It, there's no raccoons mm -hmm. living in the house because you made sure they didn't move in and squirrels in the attic and stuff like that. You know, you maintain the property. That's all worth something. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so you, you, yeah. you write a bill of particulars. You have that bill of particulars uh, ready to back up whatever it is that you put in as a, as a lien on the property, and so when you sell the property, uh, the corporation, which exists as an extension of a government through the Secretary of State's office, the corporation that has a, uh, a lien on that property, they exist as part of the government, which is there to secure and protect the rights and property of man. So man has first claim, and then corporations would have you know, a follow-up claim. So you put your claim in, and whatever money's left over would go to them. Right. You know, That's my, my claim is superior. Yeah, and then, you know, whatever is not claimed, I guess, would fall under the category of a profit. You know, if you bought it for 28000 and you sell it for 110 and uh, you've got 60000 in, in equity in it, you know, you, you sweat, sweat equity or whatever you want to call it, uh, yeah. and you owe somebody 18000 yeah, whatever's left would be considered profit, I guess. Yeah, well, it, I'm, I'm like a lot of people, I'm upside down, so it wouldn't be any profit there. But you know, yeah. So you, you know, it would be a, a loss if you if you uh, if you're a person that does taxes, you know, that uh, has a tax debt at the end of the year, you could write that off. Mm, okay. Well, this is um, uh, I don't know how I missed that. Well, you know what? I know how I missed it because when you get so caught up in um, you know, statutory world. Yeah. When you, when you get caught up in here, yeah, you get so caught up in wanting to fight. And then, like I said, my whole mindset has been changing over the last probably five months when learning about you guys and, and, and this stuff. It's like, okay, I didn't even realize my position and that I could do something like that. I thought, oh, I had to do this before this and this rule says this. You can't do that. But I realized that, you know, I, I can. And I just, I just needed somebody like you to just bring that up. Hey. Why don't just do the obvious? Yeah. It, it's so. Uh, I don't know. I've always thought it was the simplest way to go, but um, you know, I I don't have any experience in doing it. It's always been you know just a 
you know, when a friend comes up to me and tells me, you know, they, they, they've got a property issue or, you know, a, uh, a foreclosure thing going on, you know, none of them are willing to move. They're not willing to, to let go. They, they want to stay there and fight, you know. Well, there's, you know, there's 18 acres worth of woods, and I want to take the trees, you know, and I can make money. Let it freaking go. <laughs> Sell it and buy mm. another one just like it. Might even be the house next door. <laughs> just, right. You know, just get a different set of paper. Yeah. You've got a paper okay. nightmare. Just let it go and move on. Yeah, it's uh, definitely been a nightmare, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for it to be over. So, uh, Yes, I'll, I'll, I'm going to look into that, um, and uh, so that I can get myself untangled on on this on this claim issue as well. The, the better off I'll be, you know. So, uh, and I appreciate it. Um, it's definitely, definitely new poop for thought for me. You're very welcome, man. All right, so I'll let somebody else go. Thanks a lot, Gus. Hey, anytime. All right. All right, floor's open. Um, I'm trying to read the questions on the board. I didn't see any. Time to go to the matches, huh? <clears throat> is that where the stash is? Amorphous. Uh, worked once for a prisoner that went to the Supreme Court. I don't know what you guys are talking. I wasn't able to keep up with the with this stuff. Hey, if, if you've got a question, post it on the board. Or uh, star eight to raise your hand if uh, if you need me to unmute you. Uh, star six uh, should unmute you if you wish to unmute. If you are trying to speak and I cannot hear you, maybe your phone is muted. Can you speak a little bit about the different jurisdictions and what might invoke each? Uh, sort of. Uh, jurisdictions are jurisdiction is, is another word for control, and if you if you move a claim, then the jurisdiction is is whatever. Uh, and that's not an easy question. The jurisdictions invoke. I don't know, Mike. You want to start that off, or you uh, you have to, you, you want to jump on us? Um, I would say that jurisdiction is established by the paperwork, um, the initial paperwork from the moving party. So if a prosecutor is moving a claim, he would prepare a complaint. But if a prosecutor was coming after you, maybe on behalf of the United States of America, there'd be somebody in the prosecutor's office preparing a case. Um, What are the... What are the different jurisdictions? There's equity, there's law, there's common law. I mean, I, I can't really think of too many. How many How many are there? Well, I don't know, because there's, like, even, even civil law, there's different branches of civil law, too. So there's kind of, I don't know, jurisdictions everywhere, if you think about it, because... Yeah. Well, there's, a, there's admiralty, there's military. I, I mean, it depends what kind of court you're in. Those are the different kinds of jurisdictions. There are many, many types of jurisdictions. Yeah. And then, uh, and then. All depends on how you, how you 
All depends on how you file, what type of paperwork you're filing. All depends on how you file your claim inside oh, the jurisdiction. Yeah. How you doing, Mark? Good, Gus. How you doing? I'm good. It says, uh, says, uh, how to, how you might invoke each. I don't, I, I don't like a you know a jurisdiction. Let's say you got admiralty jurisdiction, military jurisdiction, uh, equity jurisdiction. I I don't think you can evoke or invoke uh, other than you know the way you initiate the paperwork. But uh, that's more that's not really invoke or evoke um, when you're. If you're in somebody else's case, you can you can invoke common law. It all boils down know. to what you all boils down down to uh, what you're filing in your paperwork. What kind of claim are you file, filing? That that will determine the jurisdiction you're you're evoking. Well, yeah, so the, the claim itself is what creates the uh, the type of jurisdiction. jurisdiction. Right. Like exactly. for example, so, so you like, so you can like file something in Andrews. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Mike. Like in the example of a speeding ticket, the cop is operating, uh, enforcing the Highway Traffic Act, and so right. when you when you end up in court, the prosecutors prepared a case according to the Highway Traffic Act or the Motor Vehicle Act, or maybe a little bit of both. But well, in my opinion, he's he's enforcing a contract. But that's a contract issue because you have a contract with the state uh, driver's license, and part of the contract terms and uh, terms and the regulations of that contract is following the Highway Safety Act and all that. So basically, it's a contract issue, but they're not telling you it's a contract issue. Yeah, yes, but those uh, are, those different fact, jurisdictions are not uh, jurisdictions that you can invoke or or evoke. Uh, those those just exist, uh, you know where you find yourself. I think the only jurisdiction you can invoke or or evoke is common law. Right. You can you can force common law into uh another jurisdiction. You know, you can force you can force um uh, because of your nature of that you know being a man, I, I think that's the only one you can invoke. Well it depends on what status I'm coming in. If I'm coming in as a man, yeah I'm gonna invoke a, a common law jurisdiction. But I can also come into status as a person and not be in common law. I can move it under any kind of jurisdiction depending on what's in my claim. So I can move as a person, and, but if I'm moving as a man, yeah, it's common law jurisdiction. I, I, well, the, the word invoke or evoke is, uh, lends itself to creating a change of jurisdiction. For instance, you walked into a court case as a, let's say, as a person, and it, and you were there in law, uh, you know, can you evoke equity jurisdiction? As a, you know, can you as a person evoke equity jurisdiction? Or if you're, uh, I don't know, it's just the, the word evoke and the in, invoke right there kind of throws me off. Even without using the word evoke or invoke, just it's, it's all about what you put in your paperwork and your claim. So, I mean, you can, if you move as, you move in your capacity as a man, you know, you're making a claim, and based on your claim, it's common law. So if you're moving in your capacity as a person, based on the claim as a person is going to determine what jurisdiction you're moving it under <laughs> or that you come under. Another thing, too, like if you've got a driver's license, you know, 
and you went to the DMV or whatever and you signed for it, it's going to be presumed in court that you know exactly what you signed for, exactly what you asked for, and all the rules that come along with it. Yeah, it's a contract. You got it to a contract, you just didn't read the fine print. That's all. They're not, they're not liable. It's not their fault. It's not their job to tell you, hey, here's what the fine print says. That's on you. So if well, you don't know the terms of the contract and how to move about that contract, it's not their fault. They're going to take advantage of you. But the thing is, though, it's not necessarily the contract. It's the presumption that you're operating under that contract, which is a little right. bit different. It's an implied contract, right. I think it, well, I think it's not even necessarily an implied contract. It's the presumption that you're operating under it at the time. Right, right. And the thing is, once you sign and you apply, you submit for that permit, for that license, yeah, you just bound yourself to the terms and conditions of that contract. So now your person that you signed under that contract with is now falls under their jurisdiction. Only when they're operating under that license, though. Absolutely, yeah. correct, yes. And if you don't have a driver's license, they're still going to presume that you ought to have had one. So they're still going to move under the same rules and the same That's, law. Well, and until until rebutted, or I shouldn't use the word rebutted, until proven otherwise. So you're going to come in with your claim. That's when no, the no, claim no. process comes in. Until so you just give a notice. Well, you just give no. You do it through, through notices. You let them know, hey, I'm over here in this jurisdiction. And then if they... Now we just broke their presumption. So now they need to act accordingly or uh, they're going to cause you harm and you're going to see fair and just compensation. All right. I think another key point, too, is to just explain what jurisdiction is to, to uh, you know, obviously the guy who asked that really broad, really broad question, uh, maybe an understanding of what jurisdiction actually is. Because there's a lot of people saying no jurisdiction or claiming jurisdiction, they don't really know what it means. Can barely hear you, Terry. Yeah, sorry, I'm having issues again with this damn thing. I can hear you fine now. Yeah, just gotta. I know. I I have to keep my mic right up against my lips. I I almost. Uh, it's kind of irritating. But... Yeah. So that's it for jurisdictions. Any other questions? This is Aquila. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Aquila? Yes, the only jurisdiction I'm under is God and my own. Okay. <laughs> so you could you could voluntarily put yourself into servitude too, because you know you're a man and you have that capacity. Oh, it's a contract. Right. Yeah. I can go and be subservient to a a company for a wage. You know. But that's my that's my choice. I have that yep. I have that uh, liberty to do so. All right. Anybody else? I just wanted to say hi to Mark, us, and everybody else. Hi, Aquila. Hi. I sent you an email, Mark, so you might want to look for it. That was okay. a while ago. Okay, so I haven't checked. I have to check my emails in a minute. I gotta catch up to those. I got old bunch. Oh, really? yeah. Just thought I mentioned it. I sent Gus an email too, but he already answered it. Okay, I'll check my emails and I'll get back to you. 
All right. That's, and everybody donate, including myself. That's my two cents for this evening. Unless I chime in later. All right, I'm going to mute out. We're already... Hello, is that thing still on? Are we cutting in and out? I'm here. What's up? Sorry, I didn't hear anything Gus said. I heard... I can't hear you, Terry. You're not coming through at all. All right, I'm going to shut up then. I see your uh, your icon lighting up, but I don't I don't see you. Uh... It's not it's not coming through. Yeah, I'm still having issues. The thing is jumpy. It works sometimes. It doesn't work in other times. Hey, Gus. Gus just hung up. Is it over? No, I probably got cut off, maybe. Okay. Go ahead and ask your question. Well, no, I was just saying hi, and thanks to Gus for... Uh, Helping uh, helping out uh, our fellow man. I gotta go. You guys um, have a good one. Thanks, Mark. Thanks. Glad to hear you from you. Yeah, nice to meet you guys. Good speed. Mike, are you still on? Yep. How's it going? All right. So far. Hmm. <laughs> so, uh, Who's all here? Me. Just Mike? Yes? Quite, yes. Quite a people on the quite a few people on the call. Oh, okay. They're just not speaking. Okay. Somehow Gus got hung up on, I guess. I said it'd be right back. All right. He's already back. All right, I don't know what happened. I got dropped. I'm back. Are you here? I am here. All right. <laughs> All right, floor is open. Anybody get something? I hate to kill the call because as soon as I stop recording, somebody's going to show up. <laughs> Hey Gus, this is Ron. Hey Ron. I uh 
went to court today expecting a trial and uh, went in and spoke to the prosecutor like you know everybody else does when they're doing the plea agreements. And I told him that I wasn't requesting a plea agreement, that I wanted it, I, you know, I wished it to go to trial. And he said that, uh, you know, he expected that it was scheduled for trial today. Okay. And, uh, and then he said, uh, let me share what, what I have with you. And he, he pulls out the driver's abstract, you know, DMV records. And uh, I, I said, uh, that's... I'm not the author of that document, and I ha- I can't testify to the to the truthfulness of it. And his you know jaw dro- jaw dropped, and he says, "Well, maybe we'll have to uh, reschedule this so I can get a certified copy and you know proof of court notices and and everything." So I go back into the uh, the courtroom, and you know the the judge says, "Well, I'm waiting." And while I'm waiting on the prosecution, uh, you know, I'll, I'm going to take a break. He steps down, goes back in his chambers. And then the prosecutor comes in and, and says, well, why don't we just postpone this off till, uh, or adjourn this? And I said, I don't have any objection. Do as you wish, you know, whatever you need. And uh, so he says, that's it. You can go. And I, sa- I said, well, is there some, you know, I- I'd like something on the record or you know, documentation that I I showed up and I'm not going to get a, you know, failure to appear bench warrant or something issued later. So the clerk of the court came back in and started the recording and the prosecution basically said that we were returning it to this date and I said that I had no objections to it and then stopped the recording. It seemed odd to me that there was no judge on the bench and you know, I don't know the definition of pressing the record or or whatnot, but it seemed like the judge should have been witness. But the court clerk was there. Yeah, was uh, you were there for trial today. Yeah. And why, uh, if the prosecution, if the prosecutor wasn't ready to go to trial, and you were there for trial, that's not your problem. Well, no, and also the uh, the man acting as cop wasn't present. Hey, all the more reason to have trial today. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I gave them the time. He said he wanted an adjournment. He wasn't prepared with the proper paperwork and notarized. So I said I had no objection. If you wanted more time, go ahead. Where was uh, his witness? How come his witness wasn't there? Well, that's the funny thing, because the second that we stopped the recording and I put my hand on the door to leave the courtroom, guess who was standing on the other side of the door? You know, the cop was sitting there waiting to come into the courtroom as soon as I left. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the the prosecutor's aware, and, and I'm sure he saw the documents that I had, uh, I want to say, filed, but... I sent to the court, and they sent me back stamped received. I know yeah. I'm sure there's a difference between received and filed, but okay. But I just wanted to share that with everybody. You know, cool. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's strange. Uh, not sure. 
what's going through his mind. So how much time did he want to postpone it for? Uh, next month, 27. So you, you got, uh, did they print up a notice for you to take home? No, they said they'll send one in the mail. Okay. And what, he, uh, did, did you have, did, uh, were you ordered to appear today? Ordered to show up? Yes. It was not an order. It was more of a notice, notification that the court was scheduled or this matter was scheduled. Okay. So I went in expecting them to rush me into trial, and and I kind of flipped it on him. He said... uh, you know, the prosecutor said, I think we're scheduled to do trial tonight. And I said, great, let's get it on. You know, let's do it. Let's, what, what are we waiting for? <laughs> you guys have night court? Yeah, it started at 4. I was there for two hours waiting. Wow. And I wish we had night court over here. I hate mornings. Yeah. I actually got to get a job done this morning, you know, before going to court. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to lose a day if you're uh, if you're working. That's cool. Hey, I just got uh, remember uh, that that company that towed my car. It, I finally got a check for uh, for my car in the mail. That's nice. Yeah, it's, and that was almost a month ago. Yeah, I was just about to write them a letter asking them if they'd forgotten about me, and uh, and the check came in. So that's cool. Thanks again for that, for giving me a ride home. Yeah, no problem. That was great. I went through that tunnel again when I went down to pick up that other one in, uh, in Philadelphia. That's a, that's a neat and, tunnel. And you recorded it? I did, actually. Cool. I recorded from the from the entrance to the end, all the way through. Did you want me to send it to you? <laughs> yeah, wrote on Skype. Jen, Jen, find that interesting. All right, I'll dig it out of my phone. I'll send it over. That's that's why I recorded it. So uh, yeah, I seen I seen the tunnel coming up, and I hit the, I started the video. I'll send it over. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. You guys, if you have any questions, any run. Uh, if you got something else, just keep going. I'm just looking for questions or anybody's got their hand up. I just wanted to mention that, you know, I suffered, like, an anxiety going into court every time. Yeah. And the more you learn, the more of the game it is, and, the, you know, the more steps that you understand, process you understand, the less anxiety that you go through. Uh, it gets, you know, the things that happen, even though they're not expected, <laughs> they they can be uh, you know interesting. So it, it's not. Whereas before I would have a heart attack and and uh, you know just say yes and plea bargain or whatever just get me out of here. You know now I'm I'm sitting around watching every other case and listening to. You know it's funny to listen to the judge. The judge is you know goes through his whole spiel. He's like you weren't coerced and you understand that you're giving up all your rights and you know the prosecution has to bring their evidence forward and 
and everybody's like, yeah, I don't care. Just, oh, you know, yeah. Just... Yeah, there's nothing better than going into court and watching a whole day full of uh, show cause hearings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one after the other. Is, uh, most people just get dragged right through, have no idea what just hit them. But uh, every now and then, you find you know you run across somebody who's been through the ringer a few times, and he's got he's got something to say, and he says it well. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like I made a statement to the to the security guard that was there. He said, uh, if you know, he pointed to the prosecutor's office. He's like, you can go talk to the prosecutor if you, you know. I'm like, oh, I'm I'm not gonna do a plea deal. You know, I. I I don't agree with lying and saying I did something to modify it to a lesser charge. You know, I I did what I did. Now, you know, somebody's got to prove that I did wrong. You know, it didn't mean anything to anybody else, but it just... Yep. I've always had a problem with that before, even, even before Carl Lentz. You know, it was like, you're lying, saying you did something else so that you don't get punished as bad. Uh, yeah, but it's, um, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's, it's a contract, you know, that says you agree to certain things and they agree to certain things. And it's, it's entirely separate from the incident, if, you know, from the, uh, from the claim and everything else. I mean, at best it's extortion, you know, it, it's just, uh, you know, they're offering you, they're, they're, they're threatening you. And then they then then they back off and they say, well, you know, why don't we make an agreement? You know, it's just it's it's never set well with me. I know that never never ever. It's just <laughs> yeah. The pro the prosecutor is going through. Well, I'll probably I'll probably just dismiss this charge, and I'll probably dismiss that that charge. And I said, well, uh, I wasn't acting in. As in the capacity of a driver at the time, so none of these charges apply. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, well, what uh, if, if there's if there's a harm that's been done? If I have breached the peace, you know, if if I've if I've caused harm to society, then what right do you have to dismiss anything? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I want to be held accountable for everything I did. Let's go. Put your man on the stand and let's get the show on the road. Yeah, and on the other hand of that, though, if I go in asking for an adjournment or more time because I'm not prepared and I don't want to be rushed to judgment, I I felt it was similar, you know, he was asking for an adjournment so he could prepare his paperwork and whatnot. Not, you know, unknowing that. You got a series of letters that you're you're writing to this guy? Are you, uh, or have you already done that? No, I've already I've already certified mailed uh, the letter of forgiveness, um, the bill, the um, I've got court received paperwork of uh, attendance, uh, fair and final warning statement uh, or notice, and the cover letter, you know, require requesting that they file date stamp and return one copy, which they did. So, have you sent them? Uh... Have you sent them a letter requiring to know who's going to testify that you did operate under a license on that day? No. 
But in my notice, it, it states, the fair final notice states that uh, I wasn't operating under license. Okay, but you have the right to know if a man or a woman, okay, let, let's say you send them a letter, and in the letter it says, uh, Dear Bob, regarding this incident, I wish to know who is going uh, to tell, what, what is the name of the man or woman that's going to testify that I operate, that I did operate under some form of a license on uh, on this day or regarding this this event or this incident or whatever you want to call it, okay? Regarding this case, uh, what's the name of the man or woman that's going to testify that I did uh, operate under a license? Please, well, that's, uh, I, I that's require what, to have this information within the next 10 days. That's what they're expecting me to do against myself, uh, reading off the driving abstract, which says that the license was suspended. But my license was expired in 2013, so you know, in my view, the contract's over with. So you can you can suspend it, hang it from your you know refrigerator well, they, door. Yeah, they they uh, they look at an expired license as a contract which is in limbo. They don't look at it as a terminated contract. It's never been rescinded, revoked. So the the uh, the way to revoke and rescind is to uh you know write the letter write a letter to the Department of Transportation saying you know I want nothing to do with this contract I'm all done you know let me know if I still owe you guys for anything you know cuz I'm walking away we're we're done you know uh it's expired if if there's anything left that I owe you 20 bucks or whatever send me a bill of particulars for the money I owe you and I'll write you a check but uh, yeah, when you have a suspended license, expired license, they they look at at that as an active license, which is currently expired. It's 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 always in their in their eyes, it's always an active license. So, and I would check, you know, just write a letter to the Secretary of State and ask them, you know, ask ask the man or woman acting as Secretary of State. Uh, my license, you know, my my privilege to drive, license number such and such, expired on this day. Uh, it, you know, what's the status of my uh, of the contract between I and the Department of Transportation? Does it still exist as a you know? Is it in limbo? Is it you know? Just ask them some some questions. I'm not sure how to f formulate the question, but. Um, from what I've seen, the, you know, even, a, even an expired license is considered to be an active license. You know, they because they, they'll say you're at, you know, you were driving under an expired license. Okay, well, that doesn't Gus, even make let me sense. Jump Gus, let me jump in real quick. Go ahead, Mark. You're, you're exact. You're right on point. You're exactly what you're saying. So I look at look at it this way. You'll understand a little bit better. Make it easier. It's like when you sign a contract to lease a house. You lease, you sign a contract for one year. The year expires. What happens after that year, Gus? What is, what does the contract go into? Month uh, to month. Yeah, it goes month. Yeah, goes into like month to month. So uh, yeah. they presume that you're still under the contract, but you're just a lazy driver. You haven't renewed your lease yet, so you're going month to month until you renew your lease, and that's how they're acting upon you. Until you give like the landlord 30-day notice or whatever. Hey. Uh, I'm done with the contract. I'm not leasing your house anymore. I'll be out of here in 30 days. 
Yeah, there you go. That's that's uh, that sounds good. Because they uh, they've got something. Because they, they you know they'll come at you and say that you were you were operating under a suspended license or an expired license, but you're you're always operating under some kind of a license until it's revoked. So then it would be, you know, the man acting as a cop versus my word saying I wasn't operating on a license, and if he doesn't have any evidence. Well, no, the man acting as a cop is only there to testify to the facts that he saw. He's a, he's only a witness to to the to the uh, to the event. He's not. You know, he he has no proof uh, that you were operating as a doctor or as a dentist or as a driver or as anything else. He, he's got no evidence that you are operating under any license. He, he just, he assumes there's a presumption that you are operating under a license. And if you did, then you don't have the right under that license to uh, stick your left hand out the window to make a right turn. You know, whatever rules they create under that license. But if you're not operating under that license, then you're just a man without without latches, okay, you, you know, just a man, meaning there's nothing attached, and you're free to, you know, whatever, drive backwards, or, or you know, use your use your property in reverse. <laughs> All he's doing is he's enforcing the contract. He's a, he's a policy enforcer, police officer, so he's enforcing a, 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 a policy. He's just saying that, hey, um, you, you did something against, you, you uh, violated this contract part of the terms of the contract, and he's here to give you a ticket. He doesn't know anything about anything else. That's right. So, you know, it's really important that you get that letter out to him, to, to the prosecutor, and, and, and let him know that, um, you rec you know, you require this information. You know, you, you don't believe that any man's going to come forward and testify that you operated under any kind of a contract, and if he believes to the contrary, then you require to know the name of that man or woman that is going to testify that you operated under a contract. Okay, so there's, you know, what are the elements they have to prove? All right, they have to prove that there is a contract, then they have to prove you were operating under the contract, then the cop, the man acting as an officer, uh, policy enforcer, whatever you want to call him, uh, then then his testimony comes into play, and you know, which is in regard to a breach of that contract. But they have to prove there is a contract and that you were operating under it before they can even talk about the breach. I think that's why the driving abstract report was so significant, was because he planned to, I'm sure he planned to have me read it off and testify against myself saying that the license was expired and suspended and all that. That's yeah, why he, he was. Uh, he wanted you to accept it at face value that it was a, uh, you know, that that license was valid. You know that that that's a contract you had agreed to. So that portion of the deal, where where he did not, he wasn't expecting to have to prove that there was a contract, and that's why he doesn't have a certified copy, which is what the court's going to accept. So, you know, but that's what he has to prove first, and most people just go, go with the flow. They produce a, a piece of paper that says, here's the license, 
and and the man never says anything, and then they uh, there, there's the presumption that you were using the license, and then the the witness comes up and says that you were driving backwards doing 70 miles an hour, and uh, and and then you start arguing about that, and you know it, it's it's very important that when you're talking about their stuff, when you're in their paperwork, in their case, you know, uh, that you don't argue the facts of the case. You don't, you don't tell your side of the story because if you're arguing, no, I, I was doing 35, I wasn't doing 42. Well, now you've just created, uh, you've just admitted that the court has jurisdiction to make a determination whether or not you were doing 38 or 42 or, or 65. You know, and so you, you can't argue your side of the story and expect to challenge jurisdiction. You, you can't do both. You have to start right at the beginning. I'm a man without representation, uh, without uh, without representation, without title. I'm not the defendant, all that stuff. And you know, I'm only before this court uh, as you know, as that man to to let the court know. I don't understand legalese. I don't understand the customs of the legal society, and I have no idea what you guys are talking about. So now they have to prove that there is a contract, that you were operating under the contract, and whatever, you know, there might be an element that I'm, you know, that I'm missing, but there's at least those two before they can talk about uh, whether or not you breached that contract. Now you're right on point, Gus. They have to first establish that there is a contract. If there is no contract, they can't go past first base. They can't play the game. If they can't put on the... If they can't come up to the home plate to get the bat ready, they can't even move forward. And that is they have to uh, prove that there is a contract. And then the second piece is, and now since we proved that and we have jurisdiction, now you violated this contract. Here's what you did. So, yeah, they can't get past. First, they got to get past that. So you got some letter writing to do, Ron. Lovely. <laughs> hey, at least it wasn't over today, right? <laughs> yeah. See, once you get those letters, uh, you know, you send the letters to the prosecutor about this stuff, and uh, you know, he doesn't answer you, or or he doesn't give you the answer as to who's going to testify anyway. But chances are, he's not going to answer you, and you let him know that, uh, hey, you know, this ain't funny. I sent you a letter, you know, ten days ago. You haven't answered me, and I require to know this information. You know, are you going to have somebody uh, come in and testify that I did operate under a license, or are you pursuing? You know, are you just uh, engaging in vexatious litigation? Because you know, you're stressing me out over here over something that I don't believe, you know, happened. You know, there was no driving activity. I was, I was merely using my property. You, know, you don't get into it with the, you know, you don't argue the case. Okay, you you never argue the case. You never tell him what you were doing or what you think you were doing, because that's giving him, uh, you know, the right to challenge your your perspective. But he is causing you harm, stress. He's breaching your peace. He, he's uh, giving you emotional scars because you're a sensitive guy. You know all that kind of stuff.
I think I covered most of that in the uh, the notice of appearance and the notice of parent uh, final notice. Okay. But the point that you brought up um, regarding the witness and bringing in evidence, uh, the fact that I was operating under a license or that, that a license exists, and it comes up um, with the joinder. I'm saying there's no joinder between the parties. There's no law between the parties. You know, I don't have a contract with the cop or the man acting as cop. Well, they, it's not about whether you have a, a contract with the cop. He, you know, they could use somebody else. I could, they could call me up and say, "What did you see?" And I said, "I saw that man uh, using that car to." You know, to knock over a tree, and and, and that's it. If, if that's a statute that, if there's a statute that says that's a breach of a contract, uh, I'm not witnessing. I'm not testifying that there is a contract. I'm testifying. I saw that man push that tree over, or pull the stump out of the ground with that pickup truck. You know, whatever it is, I saw. I'm just a witness to an event, to to something happening. So, you know, I I'm not there to legitimize the contract or anything. And neither is the cop. He's only there to testify to what he saw. It's up to the prosecutor to prove that there was a, you know, a, a contract in effect at that time, and that your performance on that day at that time under contract was not uh, th- that it was contrary to the statute. So what's your feeling on? Uh... I don't have a claim filed. It's just, well, I have a bill that might be considered a tort claim, but I'm not planning on what's holding, your, like, common law court. I'm just going in there for? for my time and uh, labor following his orders. That's good, uh, that, but that's the cop. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm fully in their court, you know, well, no, that that uh, that bill has nothing to do with the prosecutor or the case. That that's a man to man. That's between you and that man. Well, the last case in Jefferson Township, uh, I sent a bill to the to the officer, and the prosecution recused themselves off the case and transferred it out of out of the township uh, because of a tort because it was considered a tort claim. And when I talked to Carl, Carl said that that bill was a claim. Which is why, you know, prosecution didn't want to touch it. Yeah, but but it wasn't it wasn't a, a you know like a common law claim. You were claiming right. a debt. Right. Yeah, but you know, with, with this prosecutor, the, you know, this man or woman that's acting as prosecutor, you, they're pursuing you on behalf of somebody. Okay, they're acting as the agent for. Uh, somebody who holds a contract which says that you breached said contract. And there's a witness that said that you did pull the tree, the stump out of the yard, out of the ground with your pickup truck or whatever the incident was, and that this is the, you know, this is the man that's going to witness to the breach of contract, but they have to prove that you were operating under that contract. You know, have you ever heard, heard the example I've been given 
regarding the doctor and the veterinarian and the uh, and the dog and the porcupine? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I, I, I actually I should probably give it again because I don't know if there might be people who haven't heard it. Uh, you, you got a doctor and his dog comes home and he just got a face full of porcupine quills. So the, the doctor's pulling the quills out of the dog's face, and his next door neighbor, a veterinarian, says, "Hey, man, you're you're operating under a license. You know, you, uh, you're you're." You're breaching the contract. You're not supposed to be doing that at your home. You've got to do that in the office, in the building. There's some kind of a breach of contract there, or you're operating you know, without a license, whatever. He he makes a claim. Well, the the, the the regular doctor, a brain surgeon, whatever, he doesn't have a contract with the state to work on a dog. Uh, he, he's got no license whatsoever. He's only there taking care of his property. He, uh, he's got nothing to do with any contract. And in that same regard... Uh, just because you know there's a there's a witness, whether it be a cop or just a regular, you know, just another man, a bystander, uh, you know, just because there's a witness doesn't mean that you were operating under that contract. But what is your feeling on uh, like cross-examining the witness? Should I prepare what? a bunch of questions, or should I just let it, let it go, let them do what they're saying? Well, it, it depends on, you know, if you prepare questions and cross-examine the witness, then uh, you're admitting that there's something for the judge to make a decision on. There's nothing for the judge. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, if it were me, I, I would be in court, uh, you know, with my paperwork filed, and I would let the court know that uh, everything I have to say is already on the record. There is no man that's going to testify. You know, what my paperwork would say is, is I believe no man's going to testify that I did operate under a license regarding this incident. You know, that, that's it. May you know, I, I add something, Gus? Absolutely. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. Uh, I don't know that I, I I'm I just caught up to the show here. Uh, I'm facing a traffic matter where, unfortunately, a man entered a plea on behalf of the name. But in any event, my tactic, I believe, what I'm going to try to do here, on advice that is graciously accepted by another, is uh, first of all, like you were saying provide the contract uh, and I don't know how specific I want to get into that contract they'll provide a contract from whatever there was in my case there was no valid driver's license at all so there's no freaking contract in my mind but uh, prove that I breached the contract and um, cheapers now my mind's my mind's blank has been a terribly stressful long day well, um, you're on the right track. You know, if you've never gotten a driver's license ever, then there's never been a contract. Uh, so that's the first thing they have to prove. Prove there is a dog. Dear, dear Bob, uh, greetings. I'm writing to you to let you know uh, that there's a misunderstanding and that I don't believe any man or woman is going to testify that there exists a contract or that I was operating under any contract, or that I breached the contract. Uh, I wonder, though, uh, 
I wonder, though, if a guy starts saying that, if a guy is not introducing a controversy. Right, where I, where, no, just, just, just bear with me for a moment, please. Just in the sense that I would say I believe that there is no contract. I would say, writing to the prosecutor, produce me the con- Oh, that's where I was going. Full disclosure. I, I uh, understand that most folks don't get full disclosure. Well, by golly, I got a surprise visit out here in the, my neck of the woods, literally, uh, which was a message saying that ah, we know where you are. Plus, uh, here, full disclosure, according to whatever they believe full disclosure is, which I don't, first of all, I don't understand freaking legalese, but nor do I see a uh, contract there. So that's that was my uh, my point, was, uh, yeah, provide the contract, and if they provide full disclosure, uh, in their mind, full disclosure, the cop statement, the ticket, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I was wondering if uh, anybody's thoughts on full disclosure being not actually full disclosure, where a fellow like myself might say, um, I require you to provide the contract where I was operating under as part of full disclosure. Yeah, but and when you're talking about you, you, full disclosure has got to do uh, you know, with the contents of the contract. Okay. What you're, what you're doing, What you're doing is you're asking them to send you the rules of Monopoly but you're not playing Monopoly. You just want them to send you a copy of the rules. Yeah. Send me the that contract. That's it. Send me the contract. I don't I don't care about anything else. I don't care what I don't have no clue what full disclosure even means. Well, and that's another point, yep. Yeah, I, it's definitely not something I would approach. Uh what do you mean there, Gus? Can you can you well, please okay. uh, explain a little bit? Let's use a different example. All right, I, I take you to court and say, um, you know, I, I, I gave Bob uh, $1,500 to paint my porch. Bob did not paint my porch, and I, you know, I, I gave him the money, and he did not paint my porch, and I want my money back, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And, and you show up and you say, uh, you got the wrong guy. I have no idea what you're talking about. You and I have never met. There is no contract. Go away. And, you know, that's it. Where's the contract? You got the wrong guy. I don't know who you're looking for, but it ain't me. If you send me some kind of a story in Chinese, I'm going to have no idea what the story says. There's no way I can tell if it's the whole story or not. I might not even respond to it. Or I might write back and say, uh, I know smoke of the Chinese. Like I, I don't, I have no clue what you're saying. So, in essence, I get, I get what you're saying. Uh, the reality of my particular situation is, uh, at some point in time, I, depending on my actions, I guess, and the actions of others who may or may not honor what I'm saying uh, or writing, may, uh, well, put a bullet in my puppy's head and throw him in the cage. So basically, what I'm what I'm saying, what I'm understanding from you there, Mike, is uh, never mind uh, 
the term full disclosure, which is something that I agree with. I, I don't really know what the heck that means. But basically, yeah, produce the freaking contract. Yeah, like, it depends on what the situation is, how far you're into it, but one of your questions could be, greetings, Bob, do you do you believe I operated under a contract? But see, anytime yeah, you've got a driving issue, I think the first thing people should think of is that they were not operating under a license at the time. And that's one of the first things they got to deal with because it's all the presumption of a contract. They're not pretending that you've caused any harm, loss, or injury. They're presuming the contract. You're a defendant in a contract dispute. So the first thing you want to do is make it very clear, not to the cop on the side of the road. You don't need to get your window broken and get tased. But right away, by letter, first letter should probably be to the cop, the man acting as cop that gave you the ticket. Send the ticket back and say, uh, I believe this was issued an error. I was not operating under a license at the time. Whatever. You could go on and say I was a man uh, going from point A to point B in my property type thing. And then I would probably send that man acting as cop a letter saying I apologize if I offended you. It was not my intent. Please forgive me. Kindly send me a bill for any harm, loss, or injury so I can compensate you as soon as I can. When he sends no bill, I guess it's forgiven. There's no bill, something. He didn't care. I don't even know if I would follow up with another letter, but maybe. But what case do they have now? What are they going to say? There's no contract, no harm, loss, or injury. There's no debt. Bob's like, oh, geez, what happens if uh, the, the man acting as prosecutor is thinking, well, what happens if he also knows that there's no real plaintiff coming after him? What if he realizes that he already got rid of the witness and everything? A prosecutor's in a tough position right now because you sent two man-to-man letters to your brother in private. Destroyed the whole case. All presumption, jurisdiction, contract, everything. Yeah, I must be I must be missing something or somebody's not paying attention or acting in dishonor, perhaps, as although I did not send a letter to the cop, I sent a notice to the, it was a notice, unfortunately, but to his boss, who ignored, uh, well, I, I don't know that he ignored, he did not respond. Well, see, here's another thing, too. I don't know what your notice said, but if you just said, greetings, Bob, your boy Dougie was a bad boy, okay. What what are you going to crumple it up, throw it in the garbage, maybe put it in a file folder somewhere, but he's not, he's got no obligation to respond now. You didn't. You didn't require him to answer any questions. You didn't ask him to provide you with any documents or you didn't say, like, there's no reason for him to get back to you. If I, if I say, Hey, the sky's blue. You're not obligated to answer that. Right. I agree. I agree. Sometimes sometimes when people don't get responses, they got to look at how they wrote their letter realize that they actually deserved a response. 
I agree. I didn't mean to uh, sidetrack that other fella who uh, was discussing there with Gus. Uh, my apologies. I don't know your name, but that was not my intent at all. I just wanted to interject that about the contract. Yeah, we're all good. I, uh, in my notice, I did uh, ask him some questions. I did. Uh, this is Jeff here in Saskatchewan. I've been uh, I've been mulling this over for quite some time. How many uh, How many questions did you ask him in your notice? Uh, let's see here. I'm looking at it right now. There's a couple of notices I sent him. One, two, three. Sent them man to man notices. Is that what he did? Well, I presume you're may not be familiar with uh, small town Saskatchewan where things might be done a little bit different than in the big city. No disrespect at all. But, yeah, I sent him three three questions within my notice, which was a one-page letter, basically. Um, and then that particular, that was the first ticket where they withdrew it when I was at traffic court. And they gave me a new presentment, which I promptly followed up with. Another notice, same thing, same questions. Pretty much carbon copy to the man who holds the position or works as the head prosecutor in the near city. Both times, everybody's been notified. Hey, I want to settle this. What's going on, basically? And uh, everything's been stonewalled. And uh, here I got myself a, a trial date. So, and they're looking at two years. This is no joke for me. So basically, I'm trying to add a uh, notice of rescission to uh, void any type of plea who is entering on behalf of me or I, the man, uh, any, uh, uh, I scribbled it down here somewhere. I apologize, and please forgive me if anything I've said or not said. Yeah, but Jeff, the, uh, the rescission on the plea, you know, if you don't speak Chinese or Cantonese or legalese, and, and you know, they're doing things, why would you address uh Unless you do understand what they're talking about, why would you address uh, the plea being entered? Uh, yes, good point, and that's the conundrum or the crux of the matter, I suppose, is how in the world if the man in the black robe says anything at all, well, obviously... You know, what it comes down to is I don't know what you guys are talking about. I don't understand legalese. I don't understand the customs of the legal society, okay, the rules of evidence and whatever you, all that other stuff you guys do. I have no idea what that, what that is, how it works. There is no law that requires me to know this stuff. And, you know, this is the kind of thing that you put into a notice. And uh, you, if you don't understand legalese or the customs of the legal society, why would you care about a plea? 
Because reality tells me that uh, six or seven oh. guys armed with freaking teeth are going to show up and haul me into a cage if I don't show up there that day or if I don't deal with this in paper. No, I didn't, I, no, I didn't, I didn't say to disrespect the court and not show up. Okay. Yeah, okay. With the plea, whether or not it was entered, you know, they're, they're speaking a foreign language. You have no idea what's going on. And you, know, you write your letters to the prosecutor. Provide me, you know, I require a copy of the contract. I require to know the man or the woman that uh, will testify under oath or affirmation that I did operate uh, under said contract. And, uh, and then the man or the woman who's going to testify that there was a breach of said contract. You know, I, I, need, I, I require to know these three things because I don't believe that any of these three things exist. And, I, you know, and if that's the case, then you're committing barratry. You're, you're, you're pursuing a false claim, on, you know, a claim that, does, that can't even exist because there is no contract. If there's no contract, there's no, there's no uh, plaintiff. There can be no plaintiff if there is no contract. Well, I agree. It okay. is... Uh... You get the wrong guy. Yes, I am Bob Smith, but I'm not that Bob Smith. I'm a different Bob Smith. You you got the wrong guy. There is no contract between you and me. Go away. I'm telling you right now, and if you don't, uh, if you you can't provide me with with the contract and evidence that, you know, whatever proof you've got that I was operating under that that contract and so on, then you're you're just committing barrister. You know, it's vexatious litigation. It's bullshit. I agree. Who cares what the judge said and the plea and all that other crap? Well, in one of my uh, letters, which I have not sent, uh, I or notices, which I have not sent, I uh, wrote down the words uh, saying that uh, I, a man, was present at traffic court in quotations. Like, as they spell it on their legalese crap, yeah, I put it in quotations and I spell it and I I put the hieroglyphics the same as whatever I see on the on the piece of paper, but I put it in quotations because I don't know what the hell that means. That's and right. and I, pardon me. Yeah, that's that's good. And then uh, I I said where a man, comma Morris Banyak, may have entered a plea in quotation marks. As exactly as I see it on the paper, on behalf of the name, and then in all quotation marks, my all all capitalized name. Okay, exactly as I saw it on paper. I don't know what the hell it means. Okay, but and, if you uh, don't know what it means, if you don't know, if you don't understand what what's going on, uh, you sure act like you do. Yeah, you know, and that's yeah. the problem with addressing this stuff. Well, and that's 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 the tough thing is to try to get across to them that I don't understand exactly what you mean, but trying to communicate with a guy. It's it is as if we are in Babylon again, basically from the Bible, where everybody's talking a different freaking language and nobody's knowing what everybody like. What's his name there in uh, in BC? I, he says uh, I can't remember the fellow's name. Alan, I think. Yeah. You tell me what I said, and I'll tell me I'll tell you what I meant. I like there you that. Go. Yeah. See, going That's back right. to this, going back to what you just said about Babel and the Bible, 
Okay, so let's say I'm in a courtroom and the judge says to me, Mr. Miller, how do you plead? And I say, I don't know what you just said to me. Is there a verifiable claim properly filed before this court so I can compensate any man for any harm, loss, or injury? And then That's he right. says, we're not, we're not here for that today, sir. We're, we'll deal with that at trial. And I say, I don't know what that means. Does that mean there's a man or woman ready to take the stand under oath or affirmation and say I've done wrong? May I add to I that, Mike? I, I, I yeah, just, go ahead. Are you speaking to I, a man? No, sir, I'm talking to you. Yeah, but why I'm even sorry. get into that? Just start out with, I apologize, I'm not, I have no idea what that means. And then just ask that's a question, a, a big kick in the no. balls question, very politely. Is there a yeah, properly a, filed claim? And obviously, there's not. So he's going to ask another question. So ask him another question that's got nothing to do with what he, he's talking to me in Chinese. I have no idea what you're saying. Sure. Sounds like Chinese. I don't know. But does that mean that there's no witnesses today? Those questions better be in writing. Yes, uh, oh, yeah, sure. everything's going to be in your paperwork already, too, so they're already going to know there's a man coming to court that day. Yeah. Another another question that was raised or another perspective that I believe I agree with is uh, in my correspondence, in my writing, or my attempt at conversation or with this Cameron guy, is uh, where do you believe I am surety for this and then I put it in all caps, like in, in quotation marks. Why you want to put your lawyer pants on to show them how smart you are? Yeah, you got to give that stuff up. You figure? Okay. You don't understand. Well, I guess that's, that's I'm the kind bottom of line. Gonna... Yeah, no, I get you. I'm kind of grasping at straws because uh, I got to try to get my. Uh, keep my ass out of a sling and yeah, show me the contract, show me the contract. Is there a man or woman that will appear? Is there a valid contract between all the, uh, in quotation marks, Her Majesty the Queen? Don't get into any of that stuff. Don't make it more than I just said. Okay. No, I mean, yeah. Dear Bob, you know, I'm writing to you regarding this, uh, you know, this, this, uh, you can call it a case, uh, or, or what I prefer to do is I'm writing to you regarding, and in quotes, I put the case number. So I'm writing to you regarding this, whatever this is, okay? So uh, yep. in regards to this, and it's always in quotes, uh, I require to know from you uh, who, who do you believe is going to testify that I did operate under a contract. Is there a contract? You know, this is you just want to stick to those three basic things. That's it. That's it, correct. There's nothing That's else. Don't bring the correct. queen into it. Don't bring Regina into it. Don't bring the cop into it. Don't bring anything else into it. Where is the contract? Who says I? Who says I was engaged in that contract? And who says I breached the contract? That's it. Three simple questions. Don't stray away. And as far as putting their stuff in quotation marks, if you want to compare it realistically, 
what you're doing is you're writing a letter or a notice in English, and then you're putting Chinese words in quotations. It just happens to fit perfectly in English, but you put their Chinese word in quotes, just how they wrote it. Yeah. And that's why I was addressing the uh, the surety issue. I agree with what you said there, Gus. That is the fundamental basics. What, what's Although, the surety? What's, what's the surety? Is it bigger than a bread box? <laughs> Does it fit in your back pocket? <laughs> Good one. What is what is that thing? Why are you talking Good about one. things that you that, that you you are? If you cannot go into court and say that you're an idiot and you don't understand legalese, okay? Because you come from a, another land where they don't have that stuff. Okay, you can't say that and then be talking about surety. I agree. However, I have, I am an idiot, in quotation marks, idiot is in quotation marks, with regard to, quote, legally. Idiot idiot is not in quotation marks. Oh, it isn't mine. Okay, well, idiot is uh, (laughs) is a common law word. It means somebody who's not skilled in a particular area like dentistry or whatever, a, a private man, a private person. Yeah, no, I get it. I've I've looked through your site as well, and I've also looked through mine, my dictionaries, and no, I agree. Okay, so, you know, uh, but stay none, away from None of my right? stuff has been filed into the court file yet. It's all been man-to-man, well, through process server and registered mail. Oh, by the way, sent registered mail the last the last notice voiding the uh the plea entered um which I believe was done incorrectly however the registered mail sent signature required to Cameron Scott well some I called Canada Post and L Steele signed for it I don't know if anybody else is aware of that but Registered mail does not necessarily guarantee that that man or woman, even if there's a signature required, that man or woman will actually be required to sign for it. Somebody else could sign for it, and then they're supposed to Yeah, but here again, again, if you're sending a letter to a man, why would you send it registered or certified or anything. You just send Bob a letter. Bob, this is what I, I require to know of you regarding this you know, this set of numbers and quotes here. And uh, I look forward to your answer. Kind regards. Goodbye. Yeah, that's it. If he doesn't answer you within five or six days, you know, depending on how long it takes for the mail to go back and forth, uh, you know, if, you're, if you're in the same town, that he is, uh, you know, the mail should move rather quickly. He should have that within a day. So if you don't get an answer, you know, five or six days later, uh, then you write him, you write him another letter. Hey, Bob, I sent you a letter last week on such a, you know, on this day here, which I've enclosed for your convenience, and I haven't received an answer yet. Uh, this matter, uh, I thought this was important to you, and I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. And if he doesn't answer then, send it to him a third time and include his boss. You know, same same letter. You know, it would be the same thing to Bob. Bob, I've written to you three times. Here's another copy. You know, this is the third time I write to you. Uh, dear Jeff, I wrote a letter to Bob. 
Uh, maybe he's on vacation. I don't know what's going on, but I'd like to resolve this and settle this matter as soon as possible. Maybe you could answer these three questions. You know, and then you just every ten days you add somebody else to the pile. Hey, you know, hey Marlene, I wrote a letter to Jeff, uh, to, to Bob, three letters to Bob. I copied Jeff last week. He didn't answer me either. And I know that you, you know, you're charged with, uh, with training and disciplining these these two guys that work for you, and uh, you know, and you just keep the letters going. It, it's yeah, you, know, you you press the record uh, by putting those letters out because you're going to use those letters to get the case thrown out. You're going to put a notice into the court that says. You know, this is a waste of my time. I've written letters. I've gotten no answers. There is no plaintiff. There is no man claiming they breached the contract. There is no contract. You know, you're going to put a notice in later, and you're going to see C exhibit A, B, C, D, E, and it's going to be all these letters that you wrote. Filed into their case? Yeah, well, you, yeah, you're going to file it into their case. You're going to require the case discharged, you know, because there's, there's no plaintiff. There's no. You've been asking the same questions. Nobody's answering. Obviously, the you know nobody's going to come forward and testify. And if nobody's going to come forward and testify, then this is wasting my time. And you know, if, if you're going to have a hearing regarding this anyway, then I require compensation of $2,500. I ain't showing up for free. You know, if there's no man making a claim, don't expect me to show up. You know, if you want me to show up on that day, then I better get, you know, I better get some compensation, just like everybody else. I agree, in principle and in theory. I hope okay. that it works in practical sense well, too. It all starts. Well, you, you, you know, you, you would show up in court. You'd go through the process. Uh, you know, there, there's it goes on and on and on. You know, if you're going to give them a bill. Then you have to, you know, you have to learn on on how to collect on that money. Uh, but you know, you have the right to know who who, your, who the plaintiff is. Okay, is the plaint will the plaintiff appear? Who's who's saying that you know this contract even exists? You know, that's the plaintiff. The plaintiff is supposed to. The burden of proof is on the plaintiff. So you know, if if the, if nobody's going to testify that there is a contract, then obviously the plaintiff is not going to appear. That's good information for sure. I, I'm aware of all of that, but I'm glad that you reiterated that for sure. Yeah. For others who are listening, yeah, definitely. At this present time, there was no actual man-to-man letter, man-to-grandpa-type letter. All it was was notices. It was polite, politely written. Politely written. I mean, uh, I made no claim. I uttered no claim. I made no statements where someone could rebut it, then therefore creating a controversy. Uh, as I recall, Cornforth and Carl and others, uh, John Hall, I think, four legs of the table, basically, I think that come from Cornforth. If there's no controversy, if there's no contract, if there's no plaintiff, if there's no the jurisdiction is the one thing that I'm I think fighting with because this man in black uttered some words that I presume well, Jeff, if there's no contract, know. then there is no jurisdiction. Agreed. 
Thank you for pointing that out. I mean, what I believe is happening here is that I am being stonewalled by every man so far to answering into my letters, letters, but I have yet to file anything into the case file, which is the next step, I guess. Uh, the, the prosecutor, when or, or if you're prosecuting, okay, whoever the prosecutor is, they have to put the law of the case into the case. All right, so the prosecutor says that uh, statute 23-17, okay, that's the law of the case, which says that uh, a man or, well, a person, it's never a man, says a, a person shall do X, Y, Z whenever they pull a stump out of the yard, and uh, you didn't do it that way. You did it this other way, and therefore you acted contrary to um, to this you know, statute, this code, whatever it is, and that's the law of the case, okay? When, when you move a claim against a man for trespass, you know, uh, theft, robbery, whatever it is, you know, barratry, then that's the law of the case. When you say, uh, you know, they trespass by way of barratry, you just put the law of the case into the case. And so uh, for them, the law of the case is the is the is the contract so if there is no contract then there is no law for that case well, i agree yeah you're um, in a that's... unique position if you've never gotten a driver's license because you've never had a no contract. no 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 i didn't say i have never had a driver's license my driver's license was not renewed nor was I operating under that driver's license at the time, but I have not yet made that statement. I believe that it's very important to always weigh the benefit of asking a question as opposed to making a statement. If a man makes a statement, I think that that introduces the possibility of another man saying, no, he's wrong. Therefore, there's a controversy. That's one leg of the table. I like what you were saying before. Show me the contract. Yeah, Not admitting any. I, I thought you had said that you never had a contract, but uh, oh, but either way, at the know, time. Well, you were not operating under the contract at the time. Well, then there was no valid contract in existence, to my mind. Well, there is. You're fishing. Pardon me. No, there is. There either is a contract or there is not. You know whether you were engaged in that contract or not is irrelevant. You know that uh, let's say you hired me to paint your house, and you know while I'm I'm doing that, uh, you, you know you say hey you know I I just uh, fixed this hole in my wall in the kitchen. Would you you know could you do me a, a favor and just paint that for me while you're here? And I say sure. And so I paint it and I give you a bill for 180 bucks and. Uh, you know, you're like, you know, and you come back and say, hey, wait a minute, you know, there's no contract for that patch. I just asked you to do me a favor, man to man. Yeah, you know, I'm not giving you 180 bucks for that. I'd be, I'd be shit out of luck. You asked me to do something, man to man, I did it for you. We never had a contract on that part. So I wasn't operating under the contract when I did it, and there's no reasonable, you know, other than integrity and, and morals, and, you know, you asked me to do something, but it wasn't expressed in the contract. 
Well, so there was no contract in place at all. Yeah, I agree. Well, no. So this if is where I'm going. If you have a driver's license, then there is a contract in place. You were just not engaged in it at that time. And ask the the question then would be prove that I am or what is your evidence? Uh, I'm not sure how to word that that I was operating under that license at the time, as opposed to saying, I would suggest, respectfully, as opposed to saying I was not operating under the contract at that time. By those words uttered or written, I believe that that might introduce a potential for a controversy. Of course there's I believe. controversy. There's, there's I already, there's, there's I already would disagree with that because... What you're doing by that is you're rebutting the fact that there is a contract in the first place. So whether it's a statement or not is a moot point. It doesn't even matter. There is no controversy because there is no contract in the first place. None of this is valid. In my particular case, I agree. But if one was, if one, if a man or a woman had a valid contract, had a valid license. No, okay, same. but see, this is this is what Gus just said. There absolutely is a valid contract. the The point is that you were not operating under that contract at that time. You might have a Walmart employee card in your wallet, but it doesn't mean you're on the clock working, getting paid right now by Walmart. You're just a man going to the store. Your job is irrelevant. You may not have a job. It it doesn't matter. The point is you're not working I, at the time. You're not operating under that contract. I agree, but would it not be wiser to say there is a contract, there isn't a contract, whichever the case is? You don't. Would it not, would, oh, would it not be wiser to say? Go keep, ahead. Keep, it, keep it simple. Write the man a letter and say, Bob, regarding this uh set of numbers, okay, which is the case file, in quotes, regarding this thing here, uh, I don't believe there exists a contract. I don't believe there, uh, well, if you know you have a driver's license, then don't say that. But uh, I don't believe I, you know, I operated under any license regarding this, you know, this set of numbers here, this incident, whatever you want to call it. And uh, if you believe to the contrary, then I require to know the name of the man or woman that will testify, uh, you know, re- regarding that that issue. You know, and that's it. There's no, there's nothing else to talk about. There either is a contract or there isn't. There either is, uh, you were either operating under it or you were not, and there was either a breach or there was not a breach. That's it. It's not extensive whatsoever. Bob, I don't believe I operated under a contract regarding such and such. If you believe to the contrary, then I require to know the man or the woman that will testify to 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 to, to your beliefs. That's it. Kind regards, Jeff. See you later. There's nothing else to talk about. See, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say I I do not believe. I don't even think I would say give me the man or woman's name. I would just say flat out, I was not operating under a license at the time. It, see, there's another another part of it too, because you say, 
I believe these tickets were issued in error or something along those lines. So now you're also correcting a mistake. Well, I'm not saying anything about a ticket. That set of numbers that was written on a piece of paper and that you put in quotation marks, that's right. That, that's the case number. Yeah. Yeah, regarding this, this thing, whatever it is you sent me, um, yeah, let, let's move on. I mean, we can talk about this for a long time. We've been on this for a half hour already. Yeah, that's right. My apologies. I didn't mean to hog the show. So, yeah, carry on oh, for sure. I'll mute uh, here. Yeah, I, I don't want to do a five-hour show. I don't have that kind of endurance. Uh, yeah, nice <laughs> chat with you, Bobby. I'll, nice I'll listen to... on, but I'll, uh, I'll just mute out here. Yeah, nice hearing from you again, Jeff. Thank you. Is there um, is there some other uh, issue that uh, anybody wants to bring up? Is there something else that you guys want to talk about? I can't handle traffic issues. It's, uh... <laughs> Hello? Hey. Hey, guys. I was trying to fall asleep. I'm so tired. This is um, a fat and Maryland. How are you? Hello? Hi, I, my, I've got a bad connection tonight. I've already gotten dropped. Uh, you're, I didn't hear what your name was. Asset in Maryland. Asset? Nice to yeah. meet you. I've talked to you before. So today uh, was day one of a trial of a police officer who assaulted my property, who was 15 at the time. And I had to sit in this trial and watch a video of this man um, walking and being a rage and walk into a cell and point his finger in my property's face, slap my property with an open hand to the point where my property fell, and then hit him with a closed fist again right after that, and then take his head and slam it into a table. And by the time I left court today, I was so I was exhausted. I I was I wasn't angry. I was I was really surprised. I wasn't angry, um, but I, I don't really have much energy right now, except to say that I I don't I don't know yet um, how I'm going to deal with this situation. We have to go back tomorrow for the last day. Um, it seems like everybody that got on the stand, because it is legalese, they kind of just put him under the bus. Uh, no one was going to stand and try to compete with a video showing an officer that was in a rage while a 15-year-old was handcuffed behind his back. You know, it's just uh, evil, malicious, all those things. It's just ridiculous that these officers are walking around here with this rage inside for no reason. Um, there, I had a lot of legalese lawyers who were asking uh, if I was filing a civil suit, of course, um, and I'm just, I'm exhausted right now. I usually can talk a little better, but it's like my brain is kind of frozen because of everything that happened today. It's one thing to know it happened, but when you actually see it, and it's just, it was just no reason for it at all, except maybe he was trying to prove something to his supervisor, uh, some kind of machoism, some kind of ego. I don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I can't imagine there was a whole lot to prove. <laughs> I just—I <laughs> don't know what that's for. I don't know what that is about. I, I, I don't know either, and I can understand you're—you're you're emotionally exhausted. Um, yeah, that—that's uh, very, very understandable. Um, what's what's your question? If I decide to uh, go after this officer. Like just in a common law aspect, you know, because the, the trial is tomorrow. Also, you know, should I should I give him something in open court just to himself? Um, I have his address now because he had to state it. I, I definitely, I, I would definitely not do anything uh, before the weekend. You, you got to give yourself a chance to relax and think straight. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta hook up with somebody else who um, you know who can help you get through because you it's gonna be a lot of work. Uh, right, I I agree. I agree, and from that and for that and on that note, I I'm going to bed. I just I was trying to stay on the call so I could just get this off. My yeah, well, thanks for calling in. I remember talking to you about three three weeks ago on Carl's call. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'll be in touch. Um, I'll be in touch. Continue. I'm probably going to fall asleep, but I'll listen to the rest of the call. All right, well, take it easy, and uh, I'm sorry, you know. I mean, this sucks. There's some shit stuff to go through. Yeah, I agree. Okay, thanks. Yeah, take care. You too. Thanks. Um... Uh, Sarah, I, I believe you're already in the Skype rooms. Is that is that correct? In the Skype? Yeah. No, not yet. Oh, you're not? I thought you had gotten into the Skype rooms. No, remember I told you I couldn't get in. I have to get somebody to fix my computer. I, it's something, obviously, that I'm doing wrong because okay. I see that I have Skype, but it's not it's not connecting, and I, I don't know why. Well, uh, until then... Um, if you've got a smartphone, you can download the Skype app and, and, and hook up with people that way. Oh, okay. I'll try to pull it up on my phone then. Yeah. That's good to know. Okay. And uh, have you been to my website? Yes, I have. Okay. My my Skype information is there, and so is Mike's uh, Skype information. Okay. All right. I'll get it off your website. Then um, I'll be in touch. All right. All right. Thanks again. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Floor's open if anybody's got something want to speak up about. Floor's open. If you're, uh, if you're talking and we're not responding, it's because you've muted yourself out. Either hit star six or unmute your phone. If you can't figure out uh, either one, if there's something you're having a hard time with, uh, you can either type it into the chat board or hit star eight, and that'll raise your hand, so at least I know you're trying. All right, well, we're uh, three and a half hours in. And I'm ready to call it.
May 5th, do you have a group started? Who's May 5th? <clears throat> Is that their name? Hmm. All right, well, if uh, if you guys are all set, I'm going to go ahead and shut the recording down. You guys are welcome to stick around and keep talking about stuff. You guys have a good night. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.